So, uh, what do we want to do here? Maybe we should talk about some of the things that, like, happened early campaign that weren't podcast recorded. Mm -hmm. Like, so, did the campaign start with Nix and Thrym knowing each other? And, like, breaking uh, out of House Fangrel, or... It started with us meeting each other. Was Nix... Nix-like the entire time, or... Oh, yeah. Was he more compassionate, or less compassionate? Yeah. The same. Yeah, Nix's demeanor hasn't really changed. I mean, he started to learn to trust, but that's about it. I mean... I have a hard time believing that he'd be as fond as uh, as fond of Thrym as he has been. Um, yeah, that's... We've, we've seen we've seen uh, him like express that openly towards Thrym, and like I definitely think that that Nix and Thrym are caretakers of one another um, more more so than anything else. Um, but like they're they both need space every once in a while, and we see that. But I'm assuming that wasn't always the case from the beginning. Well, how it started was Nyx was assigned to do some type of mission, and I was a slave of House Fangrel, and I was assigned to protect him. And it was supposed to be my last mission before I was freed, but they weren't going to free me. They were just going to kill me and then turn me into an undead zombie fighter. Which is why Thrym doesn't like undead things. I thought that Thrym didn't like undead things because they didn't scream. <laughs> I just assumed that it was some, you know, you had a lot of friends that were killed in the fight. And you would just see them, like, reanimating the corpses on the battlefield afterwards. Yeah, no. It was, uh, there were already undead gi stone giant slaves. And I was going to become the next one. So, yeah, Thrym isn't a fan. Nix and Thrym have, like, a battle-hardened camaraderie thing going on. Yep. Like, I mean, in the beginning of the campaign, when they met each other, Nix definitely had a, uh, not necessarily a resentment, but a an apathy of sorts towards Thrym. I mean, you figure he's raised in a society where stone giants just are slaves and that that they're nothing more than that. So he wouldn't view Thrym as anything more than an assigned bodyguard and expendable. But there were a couple of moments in like the first and second session where Thrym seemed to put himself forward towards protecting Nyx in a manner that Nyx wasn't expecting where he started to realize that Thrym was more than just, you know, more than just a bodyguard. Thrym was also an absolute dick to you for, like, the first two sessions. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. He barely said anything. One of the first sentences he said to you was fucking lead it. That's, that's actually awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was one of the first things you said to me, and of course, that was right after I whiffed a roll um, on an attack. 
I think with fucking Witch Bolt, which I learned to hate that spell very quickly. That was one yeah. of the first spells I got rid of. But yeah, my next roll, I, I actually landed a hit. So like narratively, it worked out. You know, <laughs> yeah. Nyx misses. Nyx misses with the spell. You yell, you gotta lead your t fucking target. And then he lands it the second time. Hey, look at that. A friendship born. <laughs> right? That's awesome. Because at that point, Thrym was already like a battle-hardened slave, and it was like your first time out actually in the Underdark fighting things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he'd been... Nyx had been held up in... Uh, held up in the Sorcerer Tower most of the time. And yeah, like, the thing is, like, yeah, I like to throw that thing around, like, oh, I spent 200 years or whatever at Sorcerer studying magic and whatever. Quite honestly, Nyx's total education at Sorcerer might have culminated to maybe 10 years. The rest of the time, he was basically kept in a dungeon or told to do the kind of work you would tell a house slave to do. He's very familiar with a broom. And it kind of led to his need to be clean. You know, yeah. he's always using prestidigitation to get shit off of him. A lot of that comes from just habit. Being constantly told that his workspace needs to be kept clean. I thought it was like... Or I would think that it would come from something like constantly dealing with filth. You'd, you'd find yourself needing to be clean. Um, but yeah. Well, yeah, it could be a little bit of that, too. I mean, that's that's kind of the reason that Cax is so on edge about everything. And, like, on the surface, just like, well, I guess what happens, happens. If I die, I die. Is like, when you're constantly facing the threat of death, um, like he was before he worked his way up through the ranks and in, in his gang um eventually death isn't scary to you anymore it's just a fact that it'll happen when it happens and until then oh well it's not to say he's not afraid of death he's afraid of painful death but although this does kind of beg a question for key you as a key has a tendency to uh kind of jump head first into battle constantly like trying to act like the shield is that part of his background or is that just his personality so on his uh in his last group when he was with the fangs he did kind of have to act as like the medic in the tank so he would jump forward take hits heal his friends you know wasn't really a primary damage dealer and now that he had actually, you know, died once, he's like, you know, it can't be that bad. I already did it once. So he's just disregarding it. Not, realize, <laughs> not realizing that uh, uh, Aramako's head, like, genuinely had him cheat death. So is he, like, taking death for granted now? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> awesome. no clue what real death is like. Shit, that's right. You've experienced what you believe to be death, but you never actually died. Yeah. Were, were there, 
like any actual like the fangs of love you had like a mer person fucking an azimir with you and then like bird person from rick and morty yeah i i had uh when we thought that it was gonna be another uh squadron like that attacking i had i sent robin the description of my squad and there was the aarakocra the mer person me uh kenku and a four in a fuck i can't remember what they're called automaton person warforged that's what it is that yeah. is a weird group yeah it was that's a it, hell of a group right there it, yeah. yeah that's a D party in and of itself i was gonna say yeah. that's you no know, that's a campaign all by its own yeah yeah the idea was kind of you know uh you know species that aren't commonly found in the underdark loth wanted to take them study them see what they're like so just nabbed a kid of each and took him down See, I kind of imagine that Loth had grabbed like a whole bunch of kids from various races, and you five just happened to be promising, so she slapped you together in a group. Yeah. And I imagine the rest just got killed. Wouldn't be surprised. That's... Did yeah. we what, ever what... find anything else about that ocean world that we were on? Not that I'm no. aware of. Nah. Like, he didn't give us anything beyond like the small stretch of ocean we explored. Yeah. I think that might have been Cax's first time in the ocean. It's definitely Nix's. I mean, he's dealt with... I mean, Thrym and I dealt with the uh, the lake in the Underdark. But we stayed to the surface. And then there was that session where we uh, ended up in the river while we were being chased down by rain. I still think at that time we were talking about what to do for one-shots or something. And because the way it was sent out over Discord, I thought it was we had to come up with three stories that our character had been in. You know, uh -huh. for our backstory. So Yeah, I see, I thought it was the same thing too, and it was all because of some typo that Matt didn't even realize. Just, just a weird phrasing. Yeah. But now, like, you know, we're not doing that. But in my head, I still like to think that it's all canon. What was, what was funny about that was the one that got picked was Sturm's dragons, killing the dragon story. And I was like, the problem with it was, was Thrym has to kill this dragon. But Thrym's a level one fighter at this point. Yeah. So if anything, he's got to get the lucky last shot. But that's not the way the backstory goes at all. The backstory goes like people start running away. Thrym climbs on it and pretty much bashes its bashes its neck in like with hit after hit. And I was like, I was like Matt, this there's no way a level one fighter could do this. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm like, I, I just don't know how we're gonna make spin it so this makes any sense. Like, <laughs> we we could just change whichever one shot we're gonna do for background characters and stuff. You know. Like, uh, what was that one? What was the other one we had thought of? Uh, oh, it was Ilganoth. Uh, yeah, the Ilganoth one, and the one, the other one that was second up was uh, it was one of mine. I know it was one of the Fangs of Loth ones. Well, yeah, yeah we it was that we one and song, and then we were gonna fuck. do one with uh, Zeke. The, Zeke, and, and why he spoke Undercommon. Yeah. See, I don't know who the fuck Zeke is. It's Zeke the was very a gnome from yeah. early on in the campaign. It's um, the very first 
uh, podcast episode. Yeah, back when Thrym didn't know Common or was just starting to learn Common. Um, And so he was speaking in Undercommon to Nyx all the time. And then, um, like, it was, they'd, like, gone to bed or something and came back down for breakfast. And uh, (laughs) fucking Thrym, or John says something to to area john as thrym says something to nix and doesn't specify for one of the first times like in undercommon i want to say this and zeke responds to him even though thrym was speaking in undercommon because that's and like then, all thrym knew at this point and then i let it ride again i i i let it ride and then i asked another question and he answered again so i went so I'm going to guess at this point, because he's answered two of my questions when I'm speaking in Undercommon, that Zeke speaks Undercommon. <laughs> and fucking uh, <laughs> Matt played it off so well, and he was like, I guess he does. You're right. <laughs> DM fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Which was awesome. Uh. I know that uh, one of the ones that you had asked for, uh, Ethan, was uh, A Day in the Life. At Sorcerer. Yeah. Uh, that was one of the ones I had voted for. That... That would require a lot of backstory writing for me. To even come up with something that could constitute a one-shot. And it would have been extremely roleplay heavy. With minimal combat. Like, one of the thoughts that I had was maybe... <clears throat> maybe it could have been, like, some kind of a combat training thing. Where Nick's is kind of faced with the reality uh, you know, or, or it further solidifies the reality that the male drower expendable because in my head it would be like some kind of staged combat scenario for combat training with his magic against other male drow and whoever came out on top would move forward in the teachings but they would require killing the other males what I threw forward to Matt was because he's read the uh, Dritz book series. There's a, I think it's a chapter of a combat training. So they send like all these wizards out to go hunt down like one of the high house females has been kidnapped. And they end up finding her and she's being attacked by like four hook horrors. But it was all set up and it's not actually like once they get to like the body itself it's just a like a a 10 year old male drow and it was all set up yeah so they had all these wizards going out with a couple of like fighters and whatnot for the training session that's what i threw out like we could do like you could take that and put your own spin on it yeah yeah we could have done that as well without without copyright infringement yeah can be very clear about that (laughs) <laughs> but like that's that was that was an interesting chapter to read which spoilers yeah if you guys haven't read those the, the Dritz series definitely read the Dritz series yeah well, I feel like I'm gonna have to at this point I mean I'm fucking playing a drow on the surface I really should yeah read about the most famous one and like like Matt said like a lot of like he hasn't based this this stuff off of the books, but like he's drawn a lot of inspiration. Stuff can- inspiration from his campaign, yeah, from the series. 
I'm a. Uh, speaking of books we're reading, I'm re or I'm reading a. Uh, Tom Clancy's Red Rabbit right now. That's a fucking. That's a solid book. I forgot how good that book was. You want to read a. A really good book. It's just gonna suck to get through the first three hundred pages. Uh, Without Remorse by Tom Clancy. War and Peace. It's actually not a bad book, from what I've heard. It's it. I I love that book. I end up reading it like every year or so. I didn't know you knew how to read. <laughs> no, Thrum can read. Cax can't. I didn't know John could read. Reminds me, I have to actually buy a new copy of that book. I well, gave it to my aunt for Christmas last year. Ethan, you're being awfully quiet. Yeah, I'm just... I, this is honestly generally what I thought was going to happen. You know, we're just talking and shit. I, it's just assuming we playing Uno or something in the background. Yeah. Dude, I haven't played Uno since I was like 10. I don't even remember the rules. Like... Color, color, number, number. I don't, I don't remember how the game works itself. That he just described it. <laughs> it's literally how you play Uno. And and if someone hits you with the plus four, you can no longer be friends. Yeah, this is a, factual. A plus four is the equivalent of a Mario Kart blue shell. You, the friendship ends the second it, you know, it lands. Dude, you remember when we went to Dave and Buster's yeah. and we were playing that, uh, I think it was Mario Kart? Yeah, they do have a Mario Kart game there. No, yeah. yeah, was it Mario Kart? It was a racing game of some sort, and me and you had both flipped off the cameras, and then that, like, <laughs> six-year-old girl came and sat down, because it was, like, the row of chairs oh, yeah. you sit in, the yeah. six-year-old girl sits down to start playing, and it shows, like, the pictures of everybody, and we're just both sitting there going like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like the dad like looks over at us and we're like sorry hey, man <laughs> you brought your hey, kid you to dave and busters like what did you expect and you let your six-year-old daughter play a racing game with two adult males what you well, we expect? were two adult males playing mario kart <laughs> well you know was, was that was the one in manch i uh, honestly don't remember where we drove springfield maybe i think it was uh, springfield because they have one in manchester now but I know we were on the road for a little while. The fucking yeah. Manchester one, I I was doing the big bass fishing. You know, the like the big wheel you had to slam down the uh lever, pulley, whatever it is. Yeah. I got the five hundred tickets thing three times in one night. I well, felt like God. Damn, we should have brought Ethan along. We could have gotten like two pencil erasers. Sheesh. Dude, I want to go back to Fun Spot at some point. That place is awesome. No idea. Uh, it's. It was the biggest arcade in the world for a it while. Was, I think still, it got, It still is. Uh, it's either in the world or in America. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think it it got surpassed by someone in Europe somewhere, but it's the yeah. biggest arcade in America, and they yeah. have a bar now. So. Yeah, they got a bar. Oh, they got mini golf. They got. It, it, it's a fun place. Yeah. Have you ever have you ever tried the uh, the aerial adventure park next to it? No. The aerial adventure parks are so much fucking fun. I was gonna say I haven't been there since I was a kid. Last time I went, it was like a go kart track next to it. Yeah, oh, they still have a go kart track there. Okay. 
did a go-kart track at the last bachelor party I went to. It was fucking awesome. You ever go to the go-kart track in uh, Swansea? That place fucking sucked. Dude, I haven't been there since I was like 15. Maybe. My buddy used to like run the go-karts there for a while, so we'd go there and just keep driving because he'd never shut it down unless customers showed up. <laughs> but like the go-karts weren't really that good. They were way too small for me, so I'm like sitting in it like Bowser and Mario Kart just all slumped down. Jesus Oddly Christ. enough, you were throwing turtle shells at your friends. Yep. It was just a, it was just one hell of a time. <laughs> yeah, there was that giant sign that said no bumping, and we were pretty much just playing bumper cars most of the time. <laughs> Spinning people out. Like Dude, if you're not using pit maneuvers on your friends into every hairpin turn while you're racing go-karts, are you really racing go-karts? No. Well, and this track was just a circle, too, so like, eh. Trying to stiff-arm your friends in a turn. Yeah, you just gotta pit your pit your friends. Like, if you're not putting your friends into the outside wall during every turn, you're doing right. it wrong. One of us one time, I, it wasn't, who was it? I forget who it was, but he had a bag of Skittles, like one of the big bags of Skittles, and he was just reaching in and chucking. <laughs> what was the name of that green car in Cars that uses that pit maneuver and, like, crashes the old blue uh, guy i don't remember i can picture Fuck all these characters me. so well i don't know man the yeah he had the he had yeah. the grill the green one had the grill that like the, instead of like a mustache a mustache yeah. yeah yeah and the blue guy was the king sponsored by dinoco yeah he was uh richard petty voiced by richard petty you would raising the number three Richard Petty's car. I'm Googling it. Fuck it. I'm a madman. I mean, I'll give it to Pixar. They found a way to make NASCAR interesting. Larry the Cable Guy is Mater? Yeah. yeah. Are you just now finding this out for the first time? How, how did... He didn't even yeah, have to nope. use a, like, a weird voice. He was just Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah, oh, he was. Yeah, the, he, the, the <laughs> like, persona is a voice. No, that's that's his actual voice, hundred percent. Okay. I don't. You can tell. You can tell me whatever you want and have all the proof in the world. I'll never believe it. The car's right. name was Chick Hicks, and he's voiced by Michael Keaton. That I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. I, I just imagine J. Jonah Jameson. Oh, fuck. What's his name? Of course, you no would mention the character from Spider Man. Not the actual actor. J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons. <laughs> I. Both their names start with J. They're essentially the same person then. J.K. Rowling? Right. I do. Yes. I do have a campaign related question. All right. Your cacks. I have been noticing in my editing recently that as of late, Cax has become much more concerned with his appearance and his clothing's condition. Is this an is this an ongoing thing or is this a recent 
development in, in his character. I was waiting for someone to notice. I was waiting for a player to actually notice. Oh, I've been noticing. I just, character. I've been noticing. It's just, you know, it's hard to bring it up in character. <laughs> um, it's a little bit of both, actually. Um, it's, it has something to do with, um, oh, fuck it. I actually have no problem saying it here. Um, it has to do with the fact that now he's multi-class into rogue. Um, that he has, and he's had experience like blending in, but he never really used it because kobolds don't blend in well. Um, so he's trying to blend in more and make himself less noticed. Um, it's been a thing for a long time, uh, with Cax and his character and his personality. He doesn't really want to go noticed. Um, when he is noticed, he wants to be respected, which is why he was going up in ranks in a gang, was to earn some respect. Um, but he doesn't want to stand out and be the center of attention, like, um, kind of like what Nyx does when he, like, kind of lingers back, but he has no problem being the face. Um, Cax would rather just hang back and go unnoticed and be like, oh, who's this cute little kid? Oh, dear God, it's an alligator. Like, <laughs> <laughs> surprise, these teeth are meant for <laughs> ruining your day. Um, I'm sorry, I'm just, I can't get over that line. Oh, it's just, oh, dear God, it's an alligator. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it's it's been an ongoing thing, and I finally had reason to, to bring it out with the uh, multi-classing into rogue and kind of trying to blend in more and the ability to if I can go unnoticed and be written off as some small child then I can easily grab someone's purse okay. their coin purse and, and walk away with all their funds that kind of do thing you, do you have plans on pickpocketing when we're in Neverwinter might <laughs> might um, n uh, honestly no Neverwinter Cax, Neverwinter Cax spent enough time there um, that people would know who the kobold is. Um, so we need to get to a town where we're not known yet. And you might see Cax stealing shit, yeah. Um, it also, I will say that the cloak idea was 100% influenced by Nyx. 100%. The fact that, that Nyx always pulls up his hood when it's bright out and that seems to lessen... Um, the impact on his eyes and doesn't scrunch up his face as much during the daytime. Cax noticed that and went, that's a good idea. And so he did okay. it too. I will it's say not... that uh, mechanically, the cloak doesn't do anything for me. Uh, if if we were in combat in bright daylight, the sunlight sensitivity would still be imposed on me, even if I said I pulled up my cloak. It's more of just a narrative thing. Yeah, because we we tend to travel by daylight now. Nix is used to the dark. He's not willing to go through the same procedure that Thrym went through to get his eyes adjusted. I have he dark vision. What? No, no, he said he, not he. he. Oh, not I he. thought you said he. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm finding daylight and nighttime. Stop saying this. No, so, no, no. You you guys are fine. It's just yeah. Nix doesn't want to give that up. He wants to maintain his long range dark vision. So, so yeah, he pulls up his cloak when it's bright out. Just yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that 
it's just uh, Nyx and Cax at this point that have sunlight sensitivity. Yeah. Um, but everyone in the party has night vision or has dark vision yeah. rather. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. but it I I know as a player that um, it provides literally zero mechanical advantage um, yeah. at all. But Cax goes, huh? Nyx doesn't look like his eyes hurt all the time during the day. And it's a really cool looking hood. <laughs> I should get one. And then he did. Okay. Okay. Uh, I also had a question for Cax. If Thrym hadn't been with him, it like went with him to Neverwinter, would he have come back or would you have just rolled a new character? Because he had no reason to go back. No, you're 100% right. Cax had zero fucking reason to go back. Uh, That's why Thrym went with you, like, to um, make sure you came back. And I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I don't know. Because <laughs> narratively, right, like, as a player in the story, 100% I want to stay in the story. Um, but realistically, so much shit was dumped on Cax in two and a half weeks uh, that he he found out that he's being hunted or like that he has a trigger mechanism for killing gods uh he found out that like there are gods living in mountains and portals to different dimension different planes inside of the mountain near him but he was able to help fight that and close the portal and like send back a demigod to the fire plane he's met a god like he's just had so much dumped on him in two weeks and the triggers with you know, with uh with Thrym. So like Cax easily could have gone back to Neverwinter and been like, You would not believe the weeks I've had <laughs> and just sat down with proprietor Juritan, unloaded everything, and told him literally everything, and went and go, I need protection. Because, Period. I mean, and unload everything he I... knew. <clears throat> I mean, and just like, go into protective custody, and that would be the end of Cax. Because <laughs> but... as much as like Thrym and Nyx have shown like they like Cax, especially Thrym, Thrym kind of treats Cax like shit, like kicking him down holes. <laughs> but he also puts him on his shoulder and things like that. So like it's like in between of so like besides all that stuff, Cax, like you said multiple times like Cax doesn't have an option half the time of what he's going to do he just has to do it because if yeah. he doesn't he's going to be dragged along anyway yeah so that's so that's the other uh, mentality that Cax has found is like I did and like he said it out loud before he's like I don't want to do this I don't want to be here and Nix has been like then go and I'm like I can't if I do you find me you push me down a hole you throw me on your shoulders you threaten to put me in a bag like I don't have an option he he might not have come back from Neverwinter um honestly um I didn't give it much thought as a player because I was like there's I don't want to give up my character give up this character just yet um but narratively it wouldn't have made it would have made sense for Cax to stay narratively it also makes sense for Cax to go with you guys um because he kind of sees the the party as his new family mm. um which is why like 
when <laughs> when uh, someone said something about a home and Kex like, I don't really have a home. It was like... Oh, yeah, Nick's brought that up because I tried yep. to calm you down by recreating the smell of your shop. Yeah. I told you to think of home so you could calm down a bit. I think that was after the poisoning in the Afridi hut. <laughs> yep. It was. And Kax is like, I don't really have a home. Um, Kax is also like 13 years old. I don't know if you guys knew that. But he's like yeah, straight up brought 13. up once. Um, he's just... He, he's so a we're basically baby. putting a child into a fucking crusade. Well, it's the same thing as taking like an 80-year-old elf. They're still technically children. Yeah, I was going to say, kobolds... Hundreds. About six, or I think it's six years old, they reach adulthood, so. Well, the thing with elves is, like, they reach adulthood about the same time as other humanoids. Like, adulthood is in their 20s. But once they hit that full-grown stage, they just kind of stop aging, or their aging slows down significantly. So, like, you could say that an 80-year-old elf is equivalent to a 13-year-old child, but he's really not. He's reached maturity. You know 60 years ago but now all he can do is learn yeah kind of um, like stone giants one yeah. of the things in in 5e lore is that um elves hold on to their child name until they're into their hundreds um to identify that they are a young elf um so i mean i've never played an elf actually i have an elf character sheet right here behind my monitor my first elf that i played i actually do have a related question for key as well yep i've never played an elf older than 93 um <laughs> all right so key how do you view the party if cax is starting to view us as a, a, as a home or a family or whatever thrim and next view each other as brothers in arms and are willing to lay down the line for each other. How does Key view the party? Well, Why does he stick around? Rather than are, going on his own televangelist thing. Well, because you guys are the closest thing to Varen that, uh, you know, uh, I know. And uh, I had, when I when I was chilling dead, I had a, I had Varen's voice in my head. And it gave me a small message that said, uh, I... Let me actually pull it up because I can't remember it off the top of my head. Yeah, it's like uh, uh, one of strength and one of brain or something like that. Yeah, one of strength and one of mind. Yeah, one of mind and one of strength. Find them at a grove of fire. Their path is my will, and their fates intertwine with your righteous vengeance. So yeah, that, that whole line from your introduction. Yeah. So now it's okay. I gotta stick with you guys because apparently, if I stick with you guys, you know. Uh, vengeance on Loth is going to come to pass. But is Key going to be trapped in that kind of blind faith? The same kind of blind faith oh, that led yeah. him to his own death with Loth? Probably, yeah. He's not going to, like, start thinking for himself? No. Nah. Nah, because, you know, the blind faith in Loth almost led him wrong, but, you know, Varen saves his life, and he really, oh, you know, this is what a real god should be like, and he rededicates himself, not realizing that kind of irony of, you just did it again, dipshit. <laughs> <laughs> See, this uh, actually begs the question, when is that character development going to happen with Key? When is he going to realize that he is his own person and doesn't need to follow blindly? I mean, I granted, he's been doing this since he was a child. You know, he's taken by Loth as a child. 
trained to be her soldier, blah, 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 follows blindly, ends up killed at her hand. Now he's following another god for vengeance against the original god. At what point does Key have that epiphany that he can think for himself? I, I genuinely don't think it'll happen. I mean, he's followed Veyron, and so far, this is far better than anything's gone with Law. You know, like, I've actually met Veyron. Uh, I've been given power by Veyron. I've begun garnering followers of Veyron. Like, I've recruited Thrym into the religion, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's. I was actually really mad that I didn't roll high enough to not be that way. I felt like it needed a roll. Like, your speech was amazing. I had that, like, dream, whether or not it was, like, a hallucination because I was dying or whatever. But, like, I felt like it needed a roll to see whether or not Thrym would be swayed by your speech. What was the DC on that? 13. You know, actually, I think Key is the only one who hasn't done a self-imposed check. Cax does occasional intelligence checks to see how he'll react to certain situations. Thrym has done the religion check to see if he ends up becoming a true follower of Aaron. Nyx has done them uh, when we originally got to the fireplane and it was revealed that Rylan was his mother. I was doing wisdom checks to see if he could pull himself out of his existential crisis enough to actually contribute in battle. That's why in the first few rounds he wasn't yeah. doing anything. Um... I wonder what it's going to cause for for you to start doing self-imposed checks. I don't know. I like he definitely sees the world in a black and white. You know, there is everything Veyron good, everything Law bad, and everything in between could definitely be sorted into good and bad. You know, I haven't run into any, uh, you know, things that would make me question. Hey, perhaps there's more to people. There's definitely. That a, that so implies like, that your alignment is extremely lawful. I, I guess I could say I... Oh, I, I I am lawful. Can we can we do a, a reveal here of, uh, our, of our alignments? We can, but we're going to run into some gray areas. I mean, not really with Thrym. <laughs> yeah. I think I, think I want to do an alignment check. Because okay. I've been I've been doing rolls on my alignment the entire like since we started. This is like I've a wave been, check. I've All been right, gradually adjusting mine as we play. Let's let's do it in a in a in a in a three rounder here. Okay. Who here is lawful? All right. So mm -hmm. key is lawful. <laughs> Definitely mm -hmm. lawful. Yeah. Okay. Who here is neutral? Okay. So Thrym is neutral. I'm also neutral. So Nyx is chaotic. No, Nick Nyx, uh, Nyx now falls into is is. See, this is why I say it's a gray area. Nyx started in neutral mm -hmm. and has been and is now leaning towards lawful. Oh, in, in that case, <clears throat> Thrym is not neutral. Okay, so where does where does Thrym fall on that? Thrym's chaotic. Okay, so we've got we've got a lawful, we have a neutral lawful, and we have a, a neutral and a neutral chaotic. Yep. Okay. 
Who here is good? Excellent. <laughs> I, I think we commit a few too many murders to call ourselves good. I who killed here, a child. <laughs> who here is neutral? Uh, no. Okay, so Key and Thrym are both neutral. So we've got lawful neutral, and we've got uh, true neutrals, or chaotic neutral. Chaotic. So, so Nyx identifies as neutral evil to lawful evil. Yeah. I identify or Cax is is neutral evil. <laughs> See, the thing is like so between good and evil, a good person will sacrifice one person for the world. An evil person will sacrifice the world for one person. Yeah. That's the way I view good versus evil. And lawful versus chaotic. Lawful is following the rules, finding the right you know what is right and what is wrong chaotic is just kind of doing whatever you want and lawful is doing what you should or at least you should by a moral code because i right. started lawful evil and then as we're going along i'm like i haven't done very many evil acts have i i'm not so not going I've, around killing as much as i thought i would i view it as lawful is a very black and white thing. Either something is right and you should do it, or it is wrong and you should stop it. Chaotic is, I'm out to better myself. If someone gets in my way, it's just an obstacle, I'll bypass it. And neutral is, there's some things that are right that need to be done, there's some things that are wrong that need to be stopped. I'm, I'm doing whatever feels the best, because sometimes the right thing isn't the best thing. Right. Um, and then as far as good, evil, and neutral, I think I'm in the same boat as you, Robin, but I can justify, like, I, I think that people that are good, can or that identify as good, are capable of killing to prevent an evil, and that doesn't make them any less good, if for me the the top down uh, or the the rows as opposed to the columns in the in the tic tac toe grid are a lot more of a gray area. Um, yeah, Cax is literally just out to better himself, and it happens to or he's he's out to better himself, but also like kind of offset his his misdeeds um, a little bit. <laughs> um, but. The only way he knows how to do it is by doing things that would be considered bad. Killing people to further his own rank, but giving back to people once he has power. Um, stealing to better himself, but also paying for, or like, stealing from people to be able to buy food for, for himself or someone else. Things like that. Robbing caravans to make sure that his troop comes back and lives because they have gold to provide. Things like that. Those are all so evil he's very, acts. He's very much about self-preservation. Self-preservation. To himself and those he cares about. Yeah. So what what I've been doing is when it comes time to make a decision, whether I'm going to go good or evil in like a certain situation, I roll a d20, and if it's 10 or lower, I go good. And if it's 11 or higher, I go bad. And one of my favorite ones was before the podcast started, we were back in Menzo Berenzen, and we were 
we needed directions to someplace. And there's this guy trying to put out his shop that's on fire. And Thrym could have just basically pissed on this fire and put it out. Like, and he's running, this guy's running back and forth towards this well. And Thrym's standing there and asking for directions. Watching him do it. And the guy's like, you gonna help me? And I was like, you gonna give me directions or not? Like, if you're not, I'm gonna go somewhere else. Like, I need to know where I'm going. <laughs> so Didn't give a fuck that this guy's place was burning down. His entire livelihood. This guy's trying to put the place out. And, like, Thrym's just like... You gonna tell me where I'm going or not? Like, like I've got I've got time, dude, and and this this is not worth mine. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite things that I've ever done in D and D, um, that one my DM actually asked me, "Hey, what's your alignment?" <laughs> real quick, I need to make sure that I'm not changing that for you. Real quick, um, we had taken someone as a uh, as a hostage almost basically just for questioning ultimately like we need questions answered for this uh, task we were doing and we left him tied up to a chair inside of a house and we we're like someone will find him whatever because it was like someone's house we broke into to interrogate this person in the middle of the day like we need to take this person off the streets break into this house no one's home so we tied him up to a chair and then my character went oh i left my bag inside and went back inside and then came back out like 60 seconds later cleaning off a blade. <laughs> she just walked in and was like, no loose ends. And just walked back out. Um, and that was probably my favorite alignment switch from chaotic neutral to neutral evil. Um, because, yeah, I'm looking out for my group, but I just killed a man that probably wouldn't have said anything because he was afraid of us. But no loose ends. We can't, we can't have that. And that's like, and I can respect that. That's one of the the character traits that I like keeping in in all of my characters now, is like, I'll kill someone that poses probably no threat, just to make sure that there is no threat. Also, I don't know. I, I'm gonna freely give up this information. I don't know if you guys have also noticed, Cax has taken up sort of a temper recently. Yeah. Yeah. Just... How's that? Uh, how's that list of insults going? <laughs> um, Cax isn't smart enough to use most of them. <laughs> no, no. I mean, you you were originally keeping a list or a tally of oh, who yeah. picked on you how many times. <laughs> Who's winning? Or um, do we get to know? Definitely me. There's no it's, way Thrym picks on him more than me. It's actually closer than you might think. Uh, I was yeah. going to say, Thrym doesn't necessarily pick on him that much. He just forces him to do things he doesn't want to do. Yeah. I mean, no, absolutely. Key picks on, on Cax more than anyone else. But it's closer than you may think. It's it's not like, a oh, here's one picking on and here's one kicking down a hole. It's like, ah, he called it. <laughs> he was mean to me. He kicked me down a fucking volcano vent. Like, it's shit like that. <laughs> All right, so there are grades of negativity yeah, against 100%. you. Okay. Because yeah. I, I like to think... And it's, you know, all, it's yeah. all just purely based on how Cax takes it, which might as well be a fucking coin flip. <laughs> I like to think you... he thinks he's like, you know, ah, just teasing Cax, but in reality, he's just fucking bullying him. He's yeah, just Cax genuinely like bullying his ass. One of these days, the... your armor's going to be off, and my knife might slip directly into your throat 
the, the way I've seen it, like, if there's anybody that's actually a true friend to, uh, to Cax, it's Key. Probably. Really? Yeah, like... Because Thrym looks at... Thrym likes him, but he also kind of looks at him more of a, more as a pet than anything else. <laughs> God. <laughs> like, legit. Like, because... I wasn't trying to do it, but, like, listening and looking back, like, he likes him, but, like, you're gonna do what I say. <laughs> and if you don't do what I say, you're gonna do what I say. Like, Please don't tie a noose around my neck and hoist me up a waterfall. <laughs> Why does it keep coming back to that? Because that's what happened to the last pet that Thrym had. Hey, that was not my pet. It was Cuddy's pet. <laughs> no, um... Yeah, ultimately, if there was, like, in the hierarchy of people that Cax likes in the party, um, while it, it's, I think it's Nyx and then Thrym and Key are, like, really close up there behind Nyx, but Nyx doesn't really bother Cax, and Nyx has become a little, a little more... That's the word I want to use. Coming. Um. And you guys are having library makeout sessions now. <laughs> no, he's he's like being more friendly towards Cax, but that's not really the word I was looking for. Um. So he's being warmer to Cax. Like he's he's warming up with Cax. So and the thing with Nyx and Cax, I cannot necessarily say how Nyx feels about Cax, um, or Key for that matter. I know how Nyx feels about Thrym. There's a need, a, 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 a cooperative need to protect each other while we deal with this thing that we've been thrown into to meet our end goals. Um, yeah, Cax and Key are, you know, they're in the group. They seem to have similar end goals. Cax, you know, Key is very clearly on the same path. He has the same end goal, take out Loth. It's very easy to, to figure out where Key is standing and where Key wants to be. So Nyx has accepted the fact that, you know, has accepted Key's back backstory and is willing to roll with that, but is going to keep a constant eye on him in case he flips because he's a former agent of Loth and no matter how much he says, oh, I'm all about Veyron now, He's still going to wonder if Loth has that little bit of influence left on him. With, Ka with Cax, Nyx wasn't sure what to make of him at first, and now kind of sees him as a child. And granted, yeah, Cax is 13. He is a child. But that's how Nyx is seeing him and treating him. And he's seen your, you know, he's seen your capability in battle. You're a very capable archer. You're you're very quick to get around and avoid certain things. You're good, you know. You're good in the field for various things, and you're honest to a certain degree. You know, we've done a couple of jobs that ended up in us getting paid, and you were the first one to make sure that everybody got their fair share. So, Nick respects that, but he also sees Cax's level of inexperience with the outside world. 
And while Nyx also has very little experience with the outside world, he feels like he needs to help guide Cax through that and keep him stable. I think part of it is he fears Cax becoming what Nyx was afraid of becoming. So in helping Cax, he's helping himself. It's it's a weird balance, but he feels like he has to parent him. So, um, no, and as like one of the things that that actually is in Cax's journal that I've been writing um, actively after sessions, I'll I'll take notes during sessions, and then I work the next day after work. I'll actually start writing in a journal thinking about the session and write down a journal entry for the day, two days, whatever. Um, one of the things that I wrote down in the early sessions in Cax's journal was that Nick said to him, uh, you are, I can't remember the exact wording, but it was basically, um, you can't die. I still have use for you. Um, when he gave him like a healing potion or something, like you're not basically saying you're not allowed to die until I until I have no more use of you, and Cax appreciated that. Though I feel like any more <laughs> any other intelligent uh, character would have been like, this dude just wants me around until I'm no longer useful. Like, what the fuck? And that that that's actually very. And I also don't remember the exact wording, but that's very close to what I had said to you. Um, with that intention, with the intention to imply that Cax is useful right now, and you're not allowed to die or leave until I deem that you are no longer useful. That was the closest thing that Nyx could come to for... or, or that, that, that That's the closest way that Nyx could express any level of concern for your well-being i feel like that's that's about as as much as saying like for anyone else being like hey i want you want to make sure you get home safe you know you're my friend that's about as close as nicks could come to that well it's gotten past that though because when you gave him that necklace you straight up told him you're with friends yeah like since then, Nyx has evolved and has started to understand camaraderie and protection of friends and all of that stuff. And that's why he gave you the necklace. He realizes that you were the most, or at least in that moment, you were the most at risk and the most concerned for your own well-being. So Nyx wanted to try to extend, in some way, a gesture to help you feel safe and protected. Now, what we what we didn't know then that we do know now is when Nick said it's okay. You're like, don't worry. You're with friends. He meant like your old gang members are here. Don't worry about it. They're your friends, not me. <laughs> Actually had a weird question for key. So like when we were down fighting that dragon and you got knocked unconscious. Yeah. What was it like? Like you were always used to being the guy that healed everybody. What was it like for him to just have another tank, not only another tank beside him, but another tank just randomly stabilize him and then heal him that doesn't even have healing powers? Like, it's, it's, it's weird because he's sitting there like, huh, 
this is nice that I don't have to do this all the time, but also, I'd really never have to be in this position again. I'd really prefer not to. <laughs> you know? But, I like, there was just a good four or five session long streak where for some reason Matt would roll, like, 27s on me. And I was just like, Man, my armor ridiculous AC. Yeah, like, I have, I had, like, an AC of 20, and he was just consistently landing shots on me, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? But did it bring a level, that's a, that's a good question, John, did it bring a good level of reality to Key for his position on the battlefront? Kind of, because I did have the, um, I forget what it's called, but it's the the fighting style where if you're within five feet of an ally, you can impose disadvantage on an attack roll. But I changed that to just defense, which just gives me plus one AC as like a base. Because now my AC is like 21 or 22 or something even higher. And, and did the idea is now like, I don't want to be down. I have to stay up because I have to go heal people. If we have the rim healing people, it's going to run out fast, and Nyx can't because he needs those spell slots so he can do damage. I have to heal the people. I can't go down again. And did it bring some type of, like, nuance to Key that, hey, I can actually die? Oh, no, no. You... No. Yeah, of course not. <laughs> uh, I'm, no, I'm invincible. Require, that would require Key to not believe he's young and indestructible, yeah. I can't die. I've already died, and I already beat it. So it's like I, I'm good. I don't need it. It's definitely like if I die, it's gonna be one of those. I'm on my last death rolls, and that's when it's gonna hit. Like, oh fuck. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, this, this feels different than last time. This feels more permanent. Where's the mushrooms? <laughs> last time they were glowy mushrooms. Grim's just standing there jamming any mushroom he can find down his throat. He's <laughs> just throwing poisonous mushrooms down my throat. Yeah. <laughs> the ones that Thrim's been collecting for his poisonous kid. He's like, here, have some of these. They must be good for you. Thrim still has a mushroom he picked up from Jesus. For Rungle for a healing potion, like in game like two or three. Jesus. Yeah, because you had picked up like the uh the like red them, but he only needed two or something yeah so i like kept that. the other one yeah it's a, a red cap with white spots yeah those are extremely poisonous in in real life yes yeah amanita i'm i'm thinking that that rungle was making poison <laughs> that'd be funny as hell now that you have that poison master feet or whatever it is you'll just look You're at like, the mushroom like wait a second hey Wait a minute. Now that I think about it, I should really look at because he has a Thrim has a potion he got from Rungle that Rungle gave him that he thinks cures poison. So it's literally written down in like my book as possibly cure poison. Possibly. <laughs> Maybe Thrim should look at that now that he's proficient in poison. Yeah. Might be a good call. Turns I, out it's just I, I almost think that, uh, What's it like? In Demon Slayer, they have the uh, 
the that chick has like a scabbard filled with poison so it covers the blade i half expected you to just try to fill a scabbard or something with poison so that it's always on your blade well see the problem with that is i have the hammer so it doesn't really have a scabbard it just hangs on my back oh yeah you just have an uh a bottle with a leak that just drips poison onto it constantly we set up a Rube Goldberg machine on his back. <laughs> Got dominoes and everything. I'm surprisingly into that idea. So we have, like, the map that uh, uh, Nyx has. But you can definitely tell there's stuff below uh, where it ends. Because what's the lowest point it's uh lilion we haven't been to silvery moon haven't been to the evermores haven't been in milthra hall or the lurkwood haven't most of us haven't been to luskin but uh you're used to it aren't or you've been there haven't you cax a luskin yeah luskin's uh that down north above neverwinter. of neverwinter yeah uh, yeah, Cax would have been to Luskin a couple times. Yeah, and you met, uh, Fabi Bo, uh, who said he was down very south. Oh, and he mentioned uh, a city that wasn't on the map. Yeah, he mentioned Waterdeep. Waterdeep, yep. Um, which is also on the Sword Coast where our, um, adventure takes place, our world at the moment takes place. Yeah. Uh, Waterdeep is one of the places that Cax wants to go. Um, because he knows that it's like a, a large hub for kind of anything you'd ever want. Um, at least he's heard rumors of it being as is like a haven for people like him. Um, so it's Vegas. Kind of. The way that Neverwinter, not Neverwinter, excuse me, that Waterdeep is portrayed in other writings is like an extremely large city that's run by like four factions essentially um or four or five factions and two of them are straight up gangs um Cax probably would have heard it as like a haven for people who want power and and gold which is exactly what Cax wants that's what drives Cax mostly is power and gold. Straight up. Which is why when uh, when Lacutus mentioned power, Cax was, er, when not Lacutus, well, yeah, when Lacutus and Varen both mentioned power, he was in. Like, he was interested in all ears when, when that gets mentioned to him. Like, hey, you can have power. He's like, I can? So... Dude, one, one thing I talked to Matt about, I ended up not going that direction. He wasn't sure he wanted to do it. But I talked to Matt about subclassing into Warlock and having the person I got my power from being Locutus. <laughs> Dude, a any friendship you and Nyx have immediately severed. Yeah, that, that's that's fucking gone. Like, it wouldn't would... have been something he ever would have talked about. But here's the thing. Here's one of the things that, I have, that I've worried about. 
and it kind of has to do with that. So Nyx is obviously a sorcerer. That's no, that's no yeah. secret. But his subclass, Divine Soul, because every sorcerer, their magic has to come from something, and one of the subclasses is Divine Soul, where, at you know, at birth or conception or whatever, that child is touched by a god. It's kind of like being a cleric without being without worship. You know, a god has just kind of imbued their power into this person, and they've always had it. One of my fears, like the assumption is that this power came from Varon as part of his grand scheme to overthrow Loth is to kind of create his own champion. What if it wasn't Varon? What if it was Lacutus that put the power into, into Nyx? to create this whole scenario because he's he's watching it like a fucking movie and enjoying the hell out of it. He's eating fucking popcorn while he, while we kill each other. Is this true? Hmm. Of course. What if it's Loth for some fucked up reason? <laughs> yeah, what if it's Loth to dis- or to um like create this this level of There is can there is canon lore that during one of Varon's attempts to overthrow Loth, she encouraged it because she's all about chaos. She wants chaos yeah, so and like, calamity, so she like instigated her own son to try to overthrow her. Like, yes, please kill me. Give me the crazy. So it's plausible that the power's from Loth, too. We live in a society. Ugh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes. I want to see what's in the Evermores because, like, I, was, I really do too. At some point, it's like, ah, uh, there's probably a large base or force in the Evermores, isn't there? If not, it's a fucking miles long dungeon crawl that I just I can't wait for. I want to massacre some shit. I feel like it's been forever since we've had like a genuinely oh, massive man. battle. Yeah. Like, okay, a couple of difficult enemies here and there. We got to go a few rounds and then he's gone. No, I want waves. Like, when I had to face the Wraith versions of you guys, yeah, I was fully expended. And I guess this is a good opportunity to tell the listeners, at the end of the battle against the Wraith versions of you guys, I had nothing left. No spell slots, no scrolls. That last shot that killed Wraith Key from the wand of magic missiles that was the last charge in that wand i had four hit points left yeah that's right i choked so it listeners John, when you guessed if it could be rolled on a d4 and i said yes because it could i had four hit points left oh, yeah i figured we had a plus three to damage so i literally just had to hit you that's how bad yeah. i choked yeah we literally blew a 28 to 3 lead I don't know about you guys, but this feels like a good point to take our break. Yeah, sure. Yeah. All right, then we'll be right back. And we're back to this nonsense with a little bit of lore. It makes sense to me. Of course it makes sense to you. So that's something that that I want I want to like shed some light on. 
I have no idea how I ended up on Cax's voice, honestly. But it it hit me one day, and I was like, I'm just gonna roll with this, and I think I think I love it. <laughs> it's really hard on my throat sometimes, but I don't think I could change it if I wanted to at this point. Well, no, you've you've established Cax as having that voice, um, much like I've established Nick's just having the the lower octave voice. Um, it's my regular speaking voice is typically a little bit higher. I just kind of try to drop it, make it a little bit more monotone for Nick's, but not so much. I want to say it was our second session. I tried slapping an English accent into Nick's, but trying to do that while still being new to roleplay, it just completely fell apart. And I was like, fuck that. I'm not putting this effort into this. Yeah, it it's uh, it's weird when you try to adjust your voice octave and hit an accent. Um, it's I will say I'm impressed with your ability to go back and forth, and it definitely helps with determining who is speaking, whether it's Xander or if it's Cax. <laughs> There's been a couple times where I think Cax has said something in my voice, and I've said something in Cax's voice, and it's oh, yeah. totally thrown me off. And I'm like, wait, who am I? Oh yeah, there. Uh, it's actually a fairly recent episode, like within the past month or so, where you caught yourself. You're like, oh, that's the wrong voice. Give me a second. You clear your throat, and you're right back into Cax's voice. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that that kind of slip up makes sense. <laughs> Thrym was actually supposed to have like a really shitty Arnold Schwarzenegger voice. <laughs> I just well, want to like... hear Robin do an English accent now. Why? Because I it just I, it sounds funny as fuck. I want to hear it. I to be honest, I can't consistently do an English accent. I can more consistently do a Russian accent, which is weird. And it's probably not even a good Russian accent. It's like the kind of Russian accent you'd hear in a cartoon who's making fun of someone from Russia. I can see that. I think one of my favorite, uh, like, D&D fandom things that I ever saw was, like, um, Drow having Australian accents because they're from the Underdark, which is, like, down under. Oh, God. I saw that, too. And I kind of want to hear... Uh, Robin do an Australian accent. I would have to listen. I would have to see the thing is I have this weird thing where I tend to mimic an accent if I hear it. So like if I'm speaking to someone with a southern drawl I will adopt a southern drawl without even thinking about it. Same with any other accent. Um, So if I watched something with someone that had an Australian accent and I did that for like a solid hour or something, yeah, I could probably perfectly imitate that accent after that. Crocodile Dundee. No. <laughs> yes. That's not a knife. This is a knife. <laughs> That's, That's not nice. a lightning bolt. This is a lightning bolt. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> Fourth level going to cook some shrimp on the barbie how the fuck do shrimp fry rice i'm still trying to figure that out myself with a wok how do you do it uh with a skillet i just order it from shrimp 
and I feel like a monster while I do it. So get get a monster and drink it. I don't... No, is I this don't... really what this session is devolved into? <laughs> I must We're just trying to lower our own like brain cells. But I'm not using a wok to fry my rice, and I just use a skillet instead. Wok fried rice. We really are the last four brain cells in someone's mind. Competing <laughs> over control. But we're all just figments of Matt's imagination. <laughs> Turns out that just has multiple personality disorder. <laughs> we're so all this, Matt's NPCs. This is him just putting it out there for everybody. He just has his computer and then four laptops and he's jumping over to each one at everybody's turn. <laughs> What's really impressive is he gets to your place and then he like does the cornrows really fast and then he gets yeah. to you know. <laughs> yeah. Just... So I'm more concerned about the distance. Does he have like tele teleportation powers at this point? No, no, no. He just has four separate rooms set up. Everybody check your closets for teleportation circles. There's no yeah, room I, I wonder closet. where, uh, fuck, what Too was the air? Bodies. Sonus. Sonus was the air element, right? Yeah. Yep. I wonder where that teleportation circle went. I would assume back to the plane, back to the elemental plane of air. That's what I would assume. We should have taken it. I don't know that we would have been able to activate it. I really don't think well, we should have taken attitude. it. No, no, because like I believe teleportation via even via circle requires fairly high level spell slots. Nyx is the only one that would have been able to even attempt that. And even then, if I flubbed the Arcana check, I could have spliced us. Can you imagine Cax's ass landing back in Neverwinter while his head is stuck in the plane of fire? Sounds like a good Wednesday night. But God, I just got Ethan to choke on his food almost. But we play on Saturdays. Well, I recognize what day we play on. I'm just saying that sounds like a good Wednesday night. Like, I don't know. That whole uh, pursuit of Sonus thing definitely felt like a Wednesday. Chasing <laughs> <laughs> after Sonus and going to IKEA. Dude, I've been I've been chasing that high. For so long, trying to find something that was as, that's as comparable as Thidius in the one shot describing depression as feeling like a Tuesday. <laughs> I re-listened to the one shot a couple days ago, all three, all three episodes, and the whole like this feels like a Tuesday. This feels more like a Thursday. Like I was fucking dying over that stuff. That was so good, and you did it so quickly too. It's like this feels like a Tuesday. It's like that's that's perfect. Depression is Tuesdays. Like it surprises me the shit that I can come up with on the fly and then you give me twenty minutes to come up with something funny and I could I can't. <laughs> but like you give me you give me literally two seconds of half thought and I'll come up with something great. <laughs> Yeah, so what's the idea of the of the live session for the one shot? What do you mean? Like you said, we're reusing our uh, one shot characters. Uh, it's going to be a continuation of your characters. Right 
continuation. I thought. Hmm. I, I, I'd imagine it's whatever the fucking kid's name was playing with his toys. Well, yeah, but the kid fucking died. I'm aware. I, I, I killed his ghost. That was awesome to find. It's like Woody from Toy Story killing Andy. <laughs> just Reach wanna, I just for make the it skies. I just want to clarify. Are we announcing that right now? That we're doing a live session and we're doing a uh, follow-up to the one-shot? Is this like the first announcement of that? It's just casually bringing that up? You know what? Yeah, sure. This can be our official announcement. In a couple of weeks, we will be hosting an in-person session where most of us will be on site actually playing together. It will be a spin-off. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. It, it could be that too. Um, no, it's going to be, for lack of a better term, a spin-off, a continuation, whatever you want to call it, of the original one-shot, Lament. Um, not going to tell you guys anything that I've planned aside from the fact that she'll be playing your original characters and it should be fun actually getting to play in the same room together the return Yay. of Bryok really got oh yeah I the self-imposed rule I cannot use three syllable words I, I, I accidentally broke that rule two or three times which is impressive, you know. We we did he two wasn't pretty the long sessions. Yeah. I love when I sent you my backstory and you just texted me back. You were like, "That's you." Yeah, because it was. You and sent then me I the backstory to this fucking edge lord shadow monk. And you sent me this long ass backstory, and I'm like, "Dude, that's fucking you." And then I started playing it, and I was like. This sucks. <laughs> yeah, self-reflection hurts, doesn't it? Like, this is supposed to be fun. I'm supposed to, like, be playing somebody else, and now I just get to be myself. Like, there's all these times where I was like, my character wouldn't say anything at this point, so he's just not going to say anything. Wow. I'm a really sucky person. Like... I still love that you asked for backstories and stuff. I never sent you one. <laughs> like, at all. No. I don't think Ethan did either. No, no. Did Bryke, you? Yeah, Bryke is looking for his, uh, his family's, uh, the first of his family's bones. Right. Grave searching. Yeah. <laughs> Not grave robbing, grave Wait, searching. Wait, if you're... If you're grave searching, why aren't you reading the tombstones? Can't read. Oh, I What's a rock gonna that. tell me? <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the other thing. It's like, I feel like when I when I do character voices, like I tie myself to that character in such a way that I can pull back that character voice at any moment. I don't think that was Thidius's quite, but it was close. That was pretty close to Thidius. He had a soft English accent, like a soft voice with a with a somewhat gentlemanly English accent. Definitely wasn't cockneyed. Yeah. What was the name of Matt's character again? I remember I shortened it. Um, Dalinar. Dalinar. Del yeah. yeah. 
You kept calling him Dell, but it's D-A-L. I couldn't tell the difference over his mic, so I yeah. just assumed it was Delinar, and I'm like, ah, Dell it is. Which is perfectly in line with Bryak. No, when Matt gets, like, really into it, and gets very, uh, like, uh, forceful into his microphone, it's hard to discern certain, uh, certain sounds. Yeah, Matt, Matt has a, uh, he, he's learned quite a bit, but he has a tendency to peak his mic pretty often. <laughs> I have to try hard to peak my mic anymore. Like, even before I did all the sound tweaking yeah. on my mic, I had to try really hard. Yeah, Sorry your mic's actually, your mic's pretty editing. good today. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm hoping it comes out on, or pretty good on Craig, but. It should come through fine. If I have, like I said, like I said, low volume I can deal with, high volume, when you peak your mic and cause distortion, I can't fix that. John, Not easy. good? Yeah, I hit my funny bone. Yeah, that would do it. I think it's pretty funny for what it's worth. I mean, you might is, not, but I think it's funny. It can be humorous. Which one of your cats just shit? <laughs> Don't cut that. <laughs> my house reeks of cat shit. <laughs> nice. I just gave my cat a little bit of turkey, so he's probably gonna shit. Right. Fucking hide from me all day. Come out here, drop a fat dew, stink up the whole house meow at me as if I'm supposed to give her love and attention when she hasn't even wiped her ass. She doesn't have thumbs. Yeah, but what about the cats? Enough about your girlfriend. <laughs> oh, <laughs> dude. I don't know that we can follow that up. I think that's... No. Yeah, I think like... we just peaked. Way to go, Ethan. Fucking Thanks. make us end the episode early. <laughs> It'd be great if this went up as a mostly unedited session. Like, the only thing that, that got cut were, like, a few things and, like, just sound editing. And people can see what it's like when, when we're just hanging out and vibing. As, as long as it wasn't the session where we listened to music, because that got dark really quick. Oh, my God. You're fucking telling me. Wait, we don't talk about that episode or that... That, that week, that yeah, you guys broke me that week. Uh, Xander's just sitting there, just like, well, I understand why they're friends now, but holy fuck, yeah, that got dark real fast. Yeah, I was like, Jesus Christ, you guys need help. <laughs> fuck, I don't have enough money to put both of you through therapy either. Yeah, it doesn't work. Hey, John, Not with that attitude, it doesn't. Yeah, so if. Thrym was a soldier, right? Mm. I, I, I just expect, like, since Thrym was a soldier, I kind of expected him to be, especially as a slave, much more strict and rigorous about timing and schedules and, you know, uh, much more planning than uh, wild, eating shit off people's plates, ripping ass, and... Well, that's... Thrym has a lot of very random things the uh eating things off people's plates and things like that is because he was a slave and it was 
they didn't feed him very well, so he had to find food where he could get it. So that's why he eats just about everything. And as far as, like, the timing and things like that, we're from the Underdark, so there really wasn't time. It was just whenever you were woken up and told to do something, you did it. Yeah, but he's got a point. You'd, you'd think with a military background, you'd be much more structured and lean more towards structure. Yeah. You lead more towards like planning out an encounter or, or making plans for whatever has to be done. Thrym is much more, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, let's go with whatever, you know, let, let's, whatever Nick says, we'll do it. Well, that would make sense, taking orders from a superior. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's, I, I just figured that uh, Thrym would be a lot more, you know, traditional, I guess more traditional soldier type, especially as a slave being, you know, there is no leaving outside the rules. You get what you have, you do what you have, and then you sit and wait for the next order. But Thrym definitely kind of seems like the wild child. Yeah, uh, that kind of came from the earlier episodes. And one of the reasons I did that was so Thrym isn't that old for a stone giant. But he was about to be turned into an undead stone giant, even though, like, he wasn't that old. Like, he still had usefulness as a regular soldier, but they were about to turn him into an undead slave. Why would they do that for such a young, such a young stone giant? And I figured the way I played it out in my head was because Thrym, even though he did what he was told to, never really followed, like, he got the job done, but he didn't do it willingly. He was always kind of rebellious and just... Never got with the program. Right. Like, it was something they couldn't control. So they were just like, alright, we're just gonna make him an undead at this point. Fuck it. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. That, that'd be interesting to see, you know, uh, for like a one-shot, your rebellious years as a soldier and constantly getting court-martialed and punished. <laughs> you have these moments of greatness where you beat the hell out of a dragon and then you single-handedly jeopardize your entire mission because you're doing something stupid off in the corner. Yep. Actually, <clears throat> my train of thought comes up with another question for Thrym. You have a lot of scars and you wear them with pride. Are there any scars on you that you do that you're not prideful of? No, because scarification is part of the Ironsides culture. So most of the scars on me are actually there by design. Like, What yeah. I'm wondering is, are there any scars on Thrym's body from like a punishment for something that he did that he truly regrets? Like, yeah, the drow would have punished you for fucking up on the front lines or something, but was there ever, like, a moment in Thrym's history, like, say, a comrade that he truly cared for fell in battle, and it was, and he blames himself for it, he was punished for it, and now where's that scar, and it's, like, the one scar he's shameful of, do you have, like, anything like that? Uh, yes and no. Uh, the one scar he was and it's more of an emotional scar there was only one other drow and he said like this is this second drow i actually have liked 
there was one other drow and it was the leader like of his platoon and it wasn't thrym's fuck up it was just a battle he tried everything to make sure this guy got out of and he died it was the same guy that gave him the helmet and the shield right so it's more of an emotional scar than an actual scar okay like he's Let's... got scars from being whipped and things like that but he doesn't care about those because anything they're marks of honor because he got whipped by being rebellious which he's an iron side and that's what they do right and he's being rebellious against his slave owners so why not be a little proud of that yeah if anything they were just scars he on his back which he couldn't get to so it's the one part of his body that he wouldn't have been able to carve scars into and now he's got them anyway right Let's like, talk what? about that for a moment. Armor and uh, and and like shields and shit. What is up with Thrym and Key's infatuation with taking every tr or like taking trophies of their kills and wanting to turn it into armor? Like I I totally I totally respect that's badass. Um, but why why does it have to be an armor piece? Is there is there a story for that, Key? I just kind of wanna. I want to build something as like a, you know, take pieces of the things we beat, the things we overcame as servants of Varen to overthrow Loth. And hopefully uh, we'll get a, a time skip or whatever to prepare and like sort of the armor of where we've came from uh, can be worn as, you know, for big final BBEG fight. And I, I like that idea. I think it'd be cool. I'm not looking for any buffs or anything. I just think, you know, uh, big plate dragon chest plate uh fucking arm guards and whatnot made of those thoraxes of those uh crickets or whatever we fought in the fire plane gauntlets you know whatever it is i think that'd just be cool what about so it's like the honor of our history yeah and then we can hang up the honor the armor is like you know this is a story of how loth was defeated and this is the armor that it was done in yeah does Thrym have a reason for taking his trophies and turning it into armor? Uh, Thrym likes to take trophies of kills. And the reason he likes to try and make him into like an armor piece or whatnot is a lot to do with the scars. Like the scars on his body, each one has a different meaning for the ones he's carved into himself. Like one of his legs is literally just tally marks of all his kills. So the armor is another thing you wear on your body. So it's literally you walking into battle, just showing all the things you have killed as your armor. Like it's displaying, like going up against something else. Like, Hey, look at everything else I've killed. So it seems like there's a lot of emphasis on your body and your history. And you put that on your body. Uh, what the fuck happens if you become an amputee? He will carry the severed leg on his back and use it as a club. Yeah, like <laughs> probably. Like I, I feel like that'd be like a source of massive amounts of shame. I don't know. Just well, something. That's I'm a weird. That's a weird fucking question. It's a good one though. No, I no, probably dude, just take totally it, it as a club. <laughs> like, then would you? Well, you've only armed me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just be 
like chopped off chopped off his leg he's walking on a, a peg now like a, just a stick now and he's beating you to death with the fucking leg that it's chopped off get a fucking uh, taxidermy like, get your leg taxidermied i like <laughs> to imagine just like laying on the ground one hit point thrim standing above with the leg club if that cost you an arm and a leg just beat the <laughs> hell out of him even harder actually as long as we're on the subject We'll ask a similar question to Key and Cax. We'll start with Key. Do you bear any scars that you may or may not be shameful of? Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. So I should not have the spider leg thing. Or ASMR should normally have the wings, and it should be very, you know, pretty and angelic. Uh... I was experimented on. Like, we went over this when I, uh, my first one, but that was, you know... Uh, she definitely fucked around with the wings, trying to figure out, you know, definitely trying to take away a little bit of the heritage and tie me more to the Underdark and, uh, her servitude. So, I got, uh, instead of bone wings, like normal, uh, fallen ASMR have, uh, I talked with Matt and he gave me the spider legs, which have their own different, uh, set of buffs. Okay. And Cax? Cax does have a scar. Actually, Cax would probably have several scars, um, but there is one scar in particular that Cax is, uh, it's, he's not shameful of, but it's also not a prideful scar for him. Um, so somewhere between Grunt and Lieutenant, um, Cax would have gotten into an altercation, uh, that resulted in someone of his level um, that was more highly regarded by his, like, lieutenant, um, dying. And to, uh, make up for that, I guess, the lieutenant stabbed Cax and actually made him keep the dagger in his chest for a week. So it started healing around the dagger and left a wicked fucking scar pattern in his chest. Like, where would be... Scales. Yeah, but I'm, I'm thinking, like, on a human where, like, almost where your liver is, but not quite your liver. Mm, um, just below the ribcage? Yeah, pretty much. Like, probably just between liver and lung is where he got stabbed. And he was forced to keep the dagger in his uh, in his uh, chest for a week. Um, so it's left this wicked, weird scarring around with the scale not growing back right and not coming back in the right areas. But so like a no true dragon, you have a weak point on your belly. No one's seen Cax without clothes on. True. And the one time you did, he was leaning forward over a toe. Yeah. That whole so bathhouse sequence was fun. That's a good. That's a good question. Uh, but yeah, he would also have probably a couple scars on his face from like fist fights, you know, yeah. in your face, yeah, open, probably a, a broken tooth, um, probably one dulled fang from biting someone in the neck and hitting a bone or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a cobalt thing. Because he, he's a crocodile. <laughs> that's my favorite way of describing a kobold to someone that doesn't know what a kobold is be like picture a baby alligator that's sentient and walks on two legs 
cobalt. <laughs> Picture about, a scaly goblin. What about necks besides, like, all the ones on his chest? Which he still won't talk about. <laughs> um, Nyx has no scars. He has always had one or two healing magics available to him and has always taken made a point when healing himself to make sure that the scars do not remain present even if it requires taking a little extra time with the magic using it multiple times to get the scars to disappear the only scars that exist are the ones on his chest and he leaves them there as a reminder and they have been they have been mentioned um they were brought up in a pre-podcast episode they were brought they were brought up in a pre-podcast episode session whatever and uh, have been alluded to since then but he does have um it's three or four long scars going diagonally across his chest down to his belly and it was they're they're the mark of Loth's attempt attempt on his life um whether it was Loth directly or some servant of hers nix can't be sure because this happened during a meditative state um you know very 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 freddy krueger if you die in the dream world you die in the real world uh she in some form came to him and tried to end his life because she felt that he was a threat to her kind of like the triggering point to this whole storyline um and that was also the the moment of Aaron's intervention where he managed to put some of his power forth to prevent that kill from going through but it did leave nix with scars and on his chest between two of the lines of the scars um is his mark the mark of the redeemed he had that brand put directly over his heart as a, as a it, it they work as a double reminder his vengeance and determination to take out loth for what he stands for and veyron as the god that protected him in the same place it's 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 very you know emo symbolic but the point is that he wants to keep these both of these reminders close to his heart where it's most important to him but those are those are the only scars that he bears are the ones on his chest everything else he's meticulous about and he still doesn't trust Veyron. no no because he that that's see that's the thing he trusts Veyron. He doesn't trust the being that claims to be Veyron. He's working on it. He is gaining, he is growing trust on that one. And yes, this all goes back to Ethan's little meme. The, <laughs> the, exactly the Patrick Star meme. About. It does go back to that, but you got to figure Nix has been deceived his entire life. He, it's nothing but lies and misdirection. Some part of him will always wonder if this isn't some kind of trick 
And then Locutus comes into the picture and says that he can manipulate whatever the hell he wants. Now Nyx is faced with figuring out what is reality and what isn't. Like, the rest of you guys seem to let this kind of thing roll off your shoulder, but Nyx is stuck here wondering what what anything is and trying to figure out reality because that's been his entire life you got the existential crises of Lacutus coming in and he's just like he's not Varen what do I care so this is a point that I want to point out to any listeners that we don't know anything about the story um, beyond like what goes on in front of us and our own characters and then what we talk about about our stories but like the the campaign wise we know nothing about this about what's gonna happen um what if fucking veyron is actually lacutus taking veyron's form and the entire time he's like this is veyron this is exactly who veyron is like all praise be to you turns out was lacutus the whole time oh that's simple um commit on a live <laughs> <laughs> So I mean, like that's saving throw. <laughs> what's up with with uh with Key being like just fucking all in all the time, Veyron, whatever you say, boss, I got you. Like, no questions asked. There's well, gotta like, be to some the blind follower thing. Yeah, like there's gotta be something beyond that. Like, it can't just be like I owe this man my life, therefore Is that all like what it is? Is I owe this man my life, therefore? Yeah, I, I I owe my life, and you know he hasn't steered me wrong. He's given me a path to what I want. It's not like he's asked for much in return. You know, he asked to borrow power for like two sessions. You know, so they went in game they, was like at least two weeks. Yeah, they went to IKEA together. Got so it. yeah, if, yeah, if we, we went to the saves, store. If Cax saves Key's life, we're gonna have another Briac and Thidius situation. Uh, no, Thrum's already done that. Cryok <laughs> oh, okay. was fun. I'm looking forward to really turning off my brain again. But yeah, no, it's just ded- dedication to Vayron. Just got to stay dedicated. Just got to keep working towards it. Just got to keep building churches. Uh, you know, f- getting people to follow him. Just got to stay on that grind. Then a follow up to that: What happens when you succeed? Like, let's say. We succeed in all of this. Varen becomes the new ruler of the Demon Web Pits. And, you know, we've taken out Loth. Varen has achieved whatever level of power he wanted to achieve. Where does Key go from there? He's the Pope. Uh, hopefully, I get ordered <laughs> to be like yeah. the Pope or something on the surface. Um, uh, maybe I get ordered as a bodyguard. It's literally whatever up to whatever Varen orders. Until the end of your life. He hasn't steered me wrong yet. That you know of. If he's Lacutus, he's steering you wherever the fuck you want. Wherever he wants. If if he's Lacutus, if this is actually a, a absolute massive long Kong, then that's uh then I, I, I don't know what to do. I'll I'll just disconnect from the call and take a week to decide. Alt F four, key's gone. I'm going back to the casket, guys. I didn't even get a casket. I was buried in a shallow grave outside Neverwinter. 
I wonder what would happen if we returned to the Underdark and brought key to the mushroom forest of Aramakos. Hey, wait a minute. Like, would those little mushroom people walk up to him and be like, oh, it's you, the prophesized one. <laughs> Just dapping me up like, yo, it's this guy. There's only one way to find out. I say we take him. Yeah. We'll cut through the Evermores. We'll go back to the uh, the entrance and uh, we'll go back to the Underdark. So, Let's do it. Actually, that, that brings up an interesting question. Matt has really played up the power of Rain, the priestess. Think we could take her? Rain, uh, is Please. she the Silver Moon or is she in the... No, Rain, no. Rain Fangrel, one of the high priestesses of uh, Nyx's house. Um, she was the one that was pursuing us while we were escaping the Underdark and the one that was communing with... Uh, with Clint after we killed Mason. She's basically leading the search for Nixon Thrym. So I really I really wonder if if we've come to a point in our in our levels and, and abilities to as a, at least as a group take her on. I mean Thrym thought he could take her way back when he was <laughs> level like level one. three. Yeah. <laughs> Like, you just hit her with magic missile and went, sup, cunt. <laughs> yeah, they really did. Yeah, what was the whole, uh, it, it, well, it's nice that he does, he kind of lived, uh, just in solitude, but training with his group growing up and, uh, you know, any outside contact would have just been like cafeteria time. But, it's nice because I don't know anything about the houses. The houses are totally a foreign idea to me. You know, this seems like just a lot of needless politics and whatnot. But, Nyx, the thing with your mom, I have no clue who that is. I don't know what that means to Nyx. So, we understand that male drow are considered fodder. Bingo. Right. If they're kept alive long enough, if they're kept alive to allow, uh, allowed to get to adulthood, it's probably because they showed some promise as a warrior or as a war mage, something like that. But they're still considered fodder. So Nyx was only allowed to stay alive because as an infant, he showed magical prowess. He was on the sacrificial block. The priestess that was going to sacrifice him to Loth held the dagger over him. Electricity shot from his fingers into the dagger, basically just a static shock, but like enough to show that he already had magic in him. They decided, okay, this one has some prowess. Let's sacrifice someone else. We'll let this one survive and we'll train him as a war mage. Hence, Nyx ends up in Sorcerer, the magic academy in Menzo Berenzen. Rylan was effectively his mentor and caretaker she was the one who trained him in magical arts but one of the weird things about it is that she was slightly different from the other female drow in that she actually cared for him to a point like if he was going to be punished like if he if he was if he was up for lashes for making a mistake or something she was the one that vouched for him to not get as severe a punishment and in a couple of occasions prevented him from being killed 
you know, it's like, oh, I guess you're not as useful as you should be. Just, just, just go kill and go, go ahead and kill Nyx. She would vouch for him and prevent that from happening, basically keeping him alive um, and protecting him from the background while also being a high priestess, which created a connection that Nyx had with her, not on a romantic level, but like a, okay, maybe not all the females are bad. You know, maybe there could be a balance here. Maybe there could be some kind of, you know, gender acceptance, that kind of thing. So when Varon told Nyx that Rylan was his mother, all of that, all of those memories were flooding back to him of every time that she protected him or raised, you know, cared for him or trained him or whatever. And he started seeing them in a different light to something he would never experience. Male drow don't have mother figures and yet Nyx did so this is like some entirely foreign concept that he'd always wanted never realized he had and is now realizing that he did have it in whatever capacity she could have and now is being forced to see her in a new light okay. um do you think so Ryland knew that you're her son yeah well yeah she would have pushed him out I yeah, feel like, like it'd be very hard for her to not know that. I mean, yeah, but she naturally she knows she had a son, but the question is if, you know, you were sent off to sacrifice whatever and then pulled aside to be a war mage or something. Like, there's no chance that they would let uh, the mother teach her son and risk a bond like that growing. Probably, you know, you've got a point. She may not have directly known, or she might have known. She might have been the one that vouched for him to not be sacrificed. There's, you know, th this isn't something that I don't know. Uh, yeah. You know, Nick, Nick doesn't know this. He just found out that Rylan's his mother. He doesn't know. Maybe, maybe she did. You know, maybe, maybe she was one of the voices that vouched for him not being sacrificed after that instance and then insisted on training him. Or, you know, like, well, you know, the, the high matron is just like, well, if you don't want him sacrificed, then you're going to be the one burdened with training him. And she's just like, fine, I'll take on that burden. But in the back of her mind, she's like, thank God I'm saving my child. Yeah. I don't know, that's something we can uh, look into next time we get into the Underdark and start looking for your mum. At some point, we will have to return to the Underdark and face Menzo Berenzen as a fucking army. I have a feeling that is going to come up at some point. And correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't, uh, wasn't Ryland like an informant for the Redeemed? Yeah, she was. She was also an informant for the Redeemed because she could get in and get insider information from inside the house. She worked directly with Gromp to get me out. If I'm not mistaken, she's actually the one that told us how to get out. Yeah. Or, or she was the one that directed us to go to Gromp for directions out. Yeah, Thrym would know that because he was like hiding with Rungle. Yeah, that was pre-podcast as well. They were burning down the city looking for us too. Yep. Like literally, they they'd gone to like the shops and whatnot of the you know the lesser races. So like all the kobold, all the stone giants, stone giants, all the very yeah. Oh yeah, they were burning down shops. They were interrogating and torturing, and it was fucking dark. 
Yeah, that, that, that... down my shop. I'll tell you what. <laughs> that that was when uh, that was when the whole that that shopkeeper is trying to put his shop out, like go, running through the well, grabbing water, and Thrums just watching him, looking for directions. Like, you gonna help me or not? <laughs> like, yeah, that was during that whole time. Yeah, and I, I really don't know how uh, Nix is going to react when he sees Rylan again. It's not—it's not, not going to be the same kind of thing like he did when he met Varon, where he just shuts down. But uh, it'll be an interesting plot point for the future. It, it will, especially if Matt decides to kill her off. Fucking killed off Clancy. What is that shit? Right. You're welcome. Fucking dealt with that shit. No necromancers in my mage town. So fucking funny. The first time we met Cax and we're walking back to uh, Neverwinter. And we're just like, hey, are we going to run into gangs of people trying to kill you? And you're like, nah, don't worry about it. And now you've got fucking assassins after you. <laughs> now you've got doppelganger assassins launching coordinated attacks on you. <laughs> I feel like there's still a lot Cax isn't telling us. It's yeah. uh, it's kind of hard being me. Everyone wants a little piece of Cax. It's like I'm sorry, I can't. I I don't have the time to to summon a stork. You know, Cax is fucking badass. You know we're sorry, gonna get. Ladies. We're gonna get ambushed at some point and uh, never winter. Like it's gonna oh, happen. Yeah. Hey, we have. I love. I thought you were safest in Neverwinter because if they're communicating that you're over in a long saddle, then they're probably you know gearing everyone to go to long saddle. And if they see a kobold in Neverwinter, they're gonna pause. But you know, it's like, nah, nah. He was spotted in long saddle. He does have the spider pen. I love that you're just like. All right, we have to set up a defensive effort here in Longsaddle. <laughs> Cax, you're the primary target. Go somewhere else entirely. That way, we can't defend you. <laughs> you fair. got it. Like, it's like, one, we didn't know you were the primary target at the time, and two, that's the best defense ever. If it did fall, they're looking for you, and they're just like, "Where the fuck is he?" <laughs> you know, they'll take the place apart brick by brick, looking for you while you're selling cracked wooden bowls at the egregious archer. We got Lokag with us now, so I don't like your tone. <laughs> cracked wooden bowls. Literally Sir. told us that's what you have. Well, that's because you guys were also threatening to kill me. I even you openly admit you sell garbage so no one robs your store. Hey, that's what I want you to think. No, because you so, sell information. Oh, so whispers I, I for do, sale. Nice. I, okay. I do sell information, actually. That's you do. The store's just a front. Mm-hmm. Your income is in information. You know, mm-hmm. the lumber trade in fucking Mirabar. Which is good information. There is so much money to be made in Mirabar. It's not even funny. If Cax had probably ten times the gold supply he has, which is a lot, um, he would start the lumber business there himself. So Cax has a lot of gold, huh? Cax's primary weight is gold. Straight up. If I take every, every coin out of my inventory, 
I am literally 75% lighter. Most of my weight comes in coin right now. <laughs> Not even kidding. Alright, so who's gonna jump Cax first? Bibs. I'm wondering who has more gold on him. Guarantee it's not Nyx. Let's look. I know. Yeah, it can't hurt telling each other how much gold we have. Uh, I gotta go grab my character sheet. Hold on. Oh, yeah, because you're a boomer who uses paper. Eh. I just don't know how to use a computer that well. It's He's not even the oldest of us. I, excuse me. I When I said 75%, I was incorrect. It's 77% because I nearly have 100 pounds of weight. And 77 pounds of it is gold coin. So how much coin do you have? How much coin do you have? Because I think I have more. 1909. I have more. Yeah, I figured. Nick, How much? 2330. I have more. Let's find out what Thrims is and then I'll, I'll reveal. <laughs> no, 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 no. Before you reveal, we, we each have to give a hot or cold guess. Give us an over-under. I think Firm probably has more. Let's find out. <sighs> Four thousand one hundred and fifty-six. Are we talking just gold, or are we talking gold and platinum? Uh Thrim also has some platinum, but just gold, it's four thousand one hundred and fifty-six. I have three thousand eight hundred and twenty-seven. So you have me beat by uh, just over, just under three hundred gold. Like 299 gold. Um, I have 18 platinum pieces. That's another 180. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, you got me there. I only have two, I think. Okay, so you have 299 more gold than me, which turns into 319, and then I've got another 180. So you have 130 more gold than I do, effectively. Hmm. Yeah. Cax <laughs> makes bank and he doesn't spend it on shit except well, arrows and arrows are cheap that's just it there hasn't been anything really Thrims wanted to spend money on like yeah. I don't I, I didn't even need to buy that armor It's it saved me from I think I did the math on it and it's t the total damage it saved me from is 40 damage over every session total um which is significant, but also it lowered my AC by one, so some of those wouldn't even hit. So it's, I've taken more damage, but I've had damage negated as well. So it's like, I don't, at what point is, is that one AC, I think at this, like at this point, going up in AC would be better than negating damage. <laughs> Freaking, you would be in the lead for gold if I had made Thrym buy the shield off me. Because uh -huh. I gave him my old shield. Uh-huh. See, I yeah. figured I would be the lowest because Nyx has a, a high tendency to just buy shit and then hand it off. I mean, um, how many potions have I bought and then just given to other people? Yeah, but uh, yeah, he did just he did just buy um, a brand new fucking shield that was like a plus one shield or something. Yeah, I did just yeah. drop like 500 on that. Yeah. Dude, so you remember that study elf from uh I forget what town we were in. The one we got the uh Five more. Yeah. Yeah. The bag of holding. Yeah. 
Not the bag of rats? No, the actual bag of holding that Thrym has. Uh, so I rolled for that, and I rolled good instead of evil, because while you were threatening him, Thrym rolled to see if we were just going to rob him or not. I was honestly, and I wasn't rolling for alignment on this, because I have never rolled for alignment. I've just kind of played the character and just let him evolve naturally. And that's why his alignment is shifting. Um, during that interaction with the snooty elf, Nyx was thoroughly prepared to attack him. Just commit murder in the middle of a city. Yep. Yeah, Nyx was thoroughly prepared to commit murder if that guy continued to give him attitude. And it wasn't even over the price of the items. Nyx could care less if he had gotten the items at the cost he wanted. He like he probably would have killed that elf and then just not taken anything. Just for being a dick. Jesus That's Christ. Thrym was just going to take all the magic items and anything else he could have seen of value because we had just basically saved their city. What are they going to do? And when they asked, they'd been like, well, he said he followed Mason and was going to be a problem, so we took care of it. Now, Nyx also considered, after we left Tribor, he considered going back at night and using all of his spell slots to set the city on fire. Because he, because after he found out that Rain was involved in that town, he wasn't sure if he could thoroughly trust Clint to not give away their position. And he wanted, you know, no loose ends. So how do I take care of loose ends? Well, I guess I just burn an entire city to the ground. But, like, I only had, like, two level three spell slots for Lightning Bolt. Everything else would have had to be in, like, Chaos Bolts, and then there's no guarantee that it would have been burning damage and taking down an entire city like in my head i'm like okay maybe this is like london and i can start you know the great london fire where every building is connected to each other and everything's really close and maybe i could just chain reaction burn this place down but i ultimately decided that nix wasn't willing to take that kind of risk yeah that seems like a quite the risk yeah, speaking of the bag of rats I don't know why, but every time we meet like a kind of wacky, eccentric uh, NPC, he just warms up to them. Oh, yeah. I don't know. What is that? I don't know. I just like him. Like, you just like quirk. <laughs> like, seeing I Rex think... go around and stomp rats, I'm like, <laughs> I like that. I think that he wants to like Kax, um, but he won't allow himself to to like a lesser a lesser race it's like half the time it's not even with races like half the time i respect you you're a great marksman you know you're great really handy to have in a fight and then like the other half of the time you're doing something completely random and i'm just like what the fuck are you doing what the fuck why are you good good fucking lord what, like running across the property oh my god <laughs> hey i've got fucking amazing eyes yeah <clears throat> like here soon like... i will be able to hear a pin drop across the town while there's like fireballs being blasted around me i'll be like he's over there <laughs> <laughs> like right now my passive perception is only beat by nicks by two points and the next level 
my passive perception beats Nix's by three. Yeah. Like, <laughs> nothing will ever get past me, and if it does, it's not going to surprise me. Like, nothing will ever so, get past Cax ever again. I have a follow-up question for Key. Yo. You try to build an, you know, you inadvertently create connections with quirky characters. Yeah. You are incapable of creating a genuine connection with Cax. And have and have a need to protect or heal yeah. anybody in the party that has been damaged during an encounter. Is Key on some level genuinely afraid that his previous team members, his previous troop, are genuinely dead? And as such, is he now genuinely afraid of create of recreating those connections with his new party? simultaneously needing to protect them because he's afraid he already has made that connection. So some of the members of the party he's not really worried about, you know? Uh, like, I had... Like, if you read the descriptions, uh, Jed was not really worried about. Um, the Aarakocra, uh, Salik, not really worried about. Uh, but Feather, the rogue. I actually have Feather's Barb, which is one of his... The feathers that I use to taunt people and it makes their next attack towards me all the time. Uh that uh that member of his party and uh he had grown a real bond so he's genuinely terrified that at some point he's gonna find out that uh feather's dead and he can't do anything about it anymore because he can't heal him or protect him and he spent 58 years or whatever it was in the fucking dirt so is he now afraid that he's creating that bond with his new party members and is trying so desperately to keep us alive so that you don't have to face that trauma again it's, you know, it's definitely one of those, I can't prove he's not dead, so in my mind, he's happy, healthy, and, you know, sipping martinis, you know, with the bikini-clad elves. He's living the life. I am definitely, everything is totally good. I am not going to think about it. So, if I find out he's dead, it's going to be one whole rush of every bad thought I pushed off to the side for 53 years in the dirt. Or... Hey, he's alive. Great. Nothing now we like gotta kill him. Of, yeah, nothing like a little bit of denial <laughs> for, for six decades. A little bit of denial. What are you gonna do if we come across them and they're still servants of Loth? Uh, that might be worse than death. That might be worse than death. I was gonna say, there's a solid chance we have to kill them. Yeah. Each one was given uh, like a suicide mission, like I had. But you know, well, it, as far as you know, we were there for the order assignments, uh, and Feather had actually wanted to come on my mission, and that we could go do his. But I had told him, no, 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 we got our orders. You go to yours, I go to mine. You know, we'll, you know, we'll just meet back here. You know, and trying to, like, you know, put on the brave face. Like, surely we wouldn't be sent on suicide missions. Yeah, we failed the past couple few, but. And then hearing that uh uh the the surface teams that Loth used were disbanded, uh, you know, recognizing, oh, okay, so that probably happened when I died. So any survivors that came back probably aren't doing too hot. But I can't prove it, so that'll just be another thought in the denial bin. So 
Key is just operating on the premise of everything's fine, this is fine, until proven otherwise, in which case I'm just going to be a hot mess. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fun. All right. So we got to find what triggers Key's existential crisis. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> I mean, Nyx is constantly living one. Thrym's basically immune to it, and Cax... Thrym's getting annoyed oh, that no. he has to keep fucking pulling Nyx out of base. Cax Talk. will never have an existential crisis because Cax's existential crisis is like it's non-existent basically for him. Like, what's You've the worst that could happen? <laughs> yeah, what's the worst that could happen? I die? Oh well. <laughs> like <laughs> straight up, Cax has accepted death as an inevitability for him. And he's like, it's either now or it's later. And I'll be damned if I'm going out without a fight. It's almost like you've small-brained your way into being immune to charming. You know, like, it's just... Yeah. You know, <laughs> my, I'm so stupid, you can't scare me. Yeah, it's it's straight up, I've I've smooth-brained myself into not being afraid. <laughs> I'm really like, iron out all those wrinkles. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> problems? No problems. There's There's no... Like, Cax doesn't see a point in being afraid of dying, because, like, he's small, and he's gonna die. So what? Why? Why should I care? Basically. That's his thought. That's fair. That's fair. I can yeah. understand that Thrym is upset or tired of having to pull Nyx out of these things, but Nyx can't, <clears throat> Nyx can't help it. Like I said, it's it's the inability to separate reality from deception. I mean, every time he he makes some kind of step forward towards accepting reality as it is and not feeling like he's being lied to, something new gets thrown at him where he's he's faced with, you know, some truth. Thrym has accepted that. It's just... That's why he keeps trying to, like... The best way he can, just, like, soldier talk you into being... Like, okay with people dying and things like that. Like, like it happens. You gotta just get used to it. Like... <laughs> but he doesn't know how to deal with it, so he's dealing with it the best way you can it's just not working at all yeah and that's where what like you know why i asked you know why you're like you know more uh structured because you give them all the soldier talk and stuff but you seem very unsoldier like all the time oh that's an insult you're unsoldier like thrim uh, yes and no like i see where you're coming from but it's at the same time when it comes time to making plans for things Thrym has ideas he throws out on how to do things. Like when we uh, were in the werewolf uh, encampment, the sneaking in and then the whole design for the battle was Thrym's idea. And now we got the whole proprietor Jordan's office where Thrym was like, well, what if we just get it out there that we're around and we'll see what happens? Yeah. So he's got that whole soldier thing in him. He's just very rebellious and he's going to do his own thing. 
Oh, that creates for a very interesting inner conflict. I want to follow the rules, but fuck the rules. At the same time, it's probably why Thrym was as good of a soldier as he was. Why he ended up killing that dragon when everybody ran. Because he's reckless. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't call a reckless soldier a good soldier. I'd call a reckless soldier a lucky soldier. Yeah, Thrym, did you take the lucky feet when we weren't looking? Grim is actually a halfling. Yeah. <laughs> He's actually four halflings wearing a Thrym suit. Yep, I actually have <laughs> four <laughs> characters. N none of us have passed the uh, the deception skill check yet. The insight, you mean? Yeah. My, my next level, I'm taking halfling luck. So I can just give you all lucky dice. That oh, would be smaller as shit. But I get four because I'm four halflings in a in a thrim suit. Dude, we... no wonder you've managed to take so many feats and shit. You really are four characters in one. I'd like to make this canon now, where thrim is actually just just four gnomes that have painted nope. themselves gray. Nope. They're halflings, halflings, not gnomes. Halflings. They have to be halflings. I'll roll four I, different characters. I think four halflings is too tall for three. I'll accept three. No, two on the bottom, two on the top. Thrym is... Making some kind of fucking halfling pyramid? No, um... Kind of orangutan kind of. halflings you find them for them thrim arms. Like, holy shit. So, the bottom two are the legs. And then... They're wrapped in the stone giant shell. And then you go up and the chest and everything is the other two stacked on top of the bottom two. Nobody's got a point with the orangutan arms. I'm thinking we need at least six. Mm. <laughs> Just a halfling stuffed in a stuffed in a thrim arm. Yeah, you got one for each leg, one for each arm, two for the torso, and I don't know, a mantis head and a dragon skull on the head and God. They just kind of painted Thrym's face on it. These are the most I... fucking metal halflings I've ever heard of. <laughs> I actually kind of want to make this like a, a monster or an, or an NPC. Like, it's just a bunch of halflings stacked together to make a giant. What the fuck is that person in Bojack Horseman where it's the, like, two kids that, like, stack themselves together? <laughs> the one that's dating the cat. Vince Adultman. That's Vince Adultman, yep. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck is happening. I don't you know. ever watch Bojack Horseman? Devolving. Uh, no, I haven't. There's these, like, two ten-year-old kids that do the classic, you know, they stack themselves on top of each other and they wear a long trench coat. And uh, they date one of the main characters, and he's Vince Adultman. Dude, that show is so fucked up. Like, it is funny, and it's also one of the most depressing shows you could ever watch. It starts as like, a com as, like, a comedy commentary on Hollywood stars, and then it's just like, hey, you ever heard of depression? Well, even at the beginning, he was just depressed the entire time, like... Yeah, but it was a joke. If you want to talk about weird-ass shows for two seconds here, I got Hulu uh, in order to watch Futurama. Because oh, I really yes. want to sit down and watch Futurama again. This Hell is not yes. about Futurama at all. So we're taking a left turn real quick. 
Um, also wonderful shows on Hulu. Uh, Letter Kenny, fucking yep. fantastic. I love it. Still Britta. not about that. Fucking Mike Tyson's mysteries. Oh yeah, that shows. Oh nice. dude, don't don't even watch. It is. It is. I, I want to say I hate it. <laughs> I want to say I hate it. But no, it's, it's so stupid. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like, uh, fuck, what's his name? That dude, uh, Britney Spears was dating way back in the day. Justin Timberlake. Nope. The other one, the one she married, the backup dancer. I fucking forget his name, but he released a rap album. And it was so fucking horrible that it was good. Anyway. Like, he, he didn't intend it to be that way, whereas Mike Tyson's Mysteries is intended to be that way. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's an adult swim show, so it's not oh, yeah. going to be great. But it's it's stupid funny, and it's, it's the, the stupidity in it makes me feel like I'm losing brain cells. Okay. And I've already got, like, three left. Or only got, like, three left, so it, it's starting to hurt. But, like, <laughs> well, First of all, funny. adult swim shows, there are some that are fantastic. Aqua Team yeah. Hunger Force. Okay, sure, but even that has Metalocalypse. Like, Metalocalypse is honestly one of is the only show, in my opinion, from Adult Swim that was that was good. And everything Rick and else, Morty. Everything else was like Wasn't Eric Andre uh, show from Adult Swim? Yeah, that that one I don't think that's very good though. Really? Yeah. I was never a fan. But uh a full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood was also on Adult Swim. I feel like that's just a normal anime. I'm, I'm not kidding. It is. That as a, that's it's also one of my favorite animes. But but Rick Robin and Morty. On it. Rick and Morty is also on Adult Swim, and that show is fantastic. The the, sure. the show's pretty good. Like you can watch it and enjoy every episode. It's just it's one of those cases where the fan base sucks ass. A hundred percent. Like, did you remember when they released the uh, McDonald's? Szechuan sauce. And people started freaking out when people did, they didn't have it anymore. It's like, dude, fucking relax. Like, it's... It's, it's not a, even a, about it's that. A, it's the, you know, fans of Rick and Morty will be like, you need to be so smart to understand all of the jokes in Rick and Morty. Did you know that Rick Shank Redemption is actually a play on the Shawshank Redemption? Did you know that? You need to be so smart. Like, no shit, it's in the name. One <laughs> of my, like, one of my favorite things about uh, any any sort of fucking cartoon was the team that made Futurama. Yeah, oh God. was literally the most overqualified writing team of any fucking any fucking cartoon ever. I, I just like so, I don't remember how many years they had. Um, they had four PhDs. I don't I don't get how it got canceled as many times as, as it did. And The Fox. Simpsons is still running. Fox Network. Yeah, they had a, a cumulative more than 50 years at Harvard University. <laughs> like, and it's like, are you fucking kidding me? That's what, what your it? writing team consisted of? Dude. They was had like, three PhDs and I think seven master's degrees. A, a, another show, like, if there is actually a show you have to be smart to get, some of the jokes, it's Archer. Archer is a good show that I watched. Archer like has five episodes. Oh, of and that was it. That was I never oh, watched it. Oh, dude! Like, so there was this roommate that we had way back in the day, and 
he was just he wasn't that smart and our, we'd throw archer on and we'd laugh at things that weren't even remotely funny just to get him to laugh so it was entertaining for us you're a dick because I there were so it. many jokes in archer that you actually had to be smart to get i, I liked how in you know a uh, regular show uh, things oh. would just escalate really quickly you know like you know gardening out in the yard benson's favorite flower dies they cross the river sticks to fight hades for the life of this flower <laughs> yeah dude regular <laughs> show is fantastic you know what show I've never actually liked? I've tried watching it multiple times. Adventure Time. Fuck you. Fuck you. Like, I know so many people that like it. I just have never been able to get into it. I've tried watching it so many different times. And it's just like, eh, this isn't for me. Which is fine. Like, everybody has their own taste. It's definitely like the Clone Wars show where it starts off the first couple seasons like... Yeah, this is kind of lighthearted and whimsical. Fun fun little episodes each time. And then you get to like season three and four and it just gets really dark and plot intensive. So I should just skip to season three and four. Yeah, no, but the, you don't understand a lot of the setup because they do do a uh, lot of plot setup by accident. Like they sneak it in uh, the first couple seasons. All right, maybe I'll have to try it again. I really love the Clone Wars TV show. It starts off as like fun anthology series of Star Wars, and then by season four, that wasn't a separatist. That was an orphanage. What have we done? I love how this started as D and D, and now we're just talking about our favorite shows. <laughs> hey, l listeners can get to know us. Why not? We're more than just actors for your listening pleasure, you bastards. I, I don't, we don't think that's true. Yeah, we don't want to go down that. We don't want to go down that road. That's how. That's how we end up listening to music, and then Xander is never the same again. And did, did you say that's going to be the title of this? Yeah, we're more than just actors for your listening pleasure, you bastards. I love it. I might be the title yes. master. How many titles have been made because I said something stupid in the episode? One. Really? I could have sworn it was more. Yeah, it was if if you were scared, I'm key. I'm key. Yeah. <laughs> so far, one has been a direct key quote. Damn. Thought it was more. We're more than just actors for your listening pleasure, you bastard. Comma, you bastards. Uh, the fact the adventures of Nixon Globert wasn't ended up didn't ever ended up being a title, I'm still mad about. I dude, I totally spaced on that when I was writing titles. Like, Ow. so when I'm done finishing editing an episode and then I go to upload it, the next step is title, synopsis, post. Yeah. And at that point, I just want to get it up. Yeah. So now I'm no, trying to it. think back. I'm trying to think back on you what happened in this episode. Head, by the way, I got, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you fucker. You're welcome. Um, no, you know, so I'm thinking back on what the episode is. I got to come up with a title that makes sense to what happened in that episode without thinking of what happened in, you know, whatever other episode that we've already recorded. Because, you know, these episodes don't come out when we record them. Wait, they don't? No. Surprise, oh. surprise, listeners. You're a couple to a few weeks behind. I thought <laughs> we, this was live. We know things you don't. 
Hi, chat. <laughs> um, and then I got to come up with a synopsis that, like, I try not to give things away in the synopsis. Like, you know, this is generally what happened, but I can't give away any major plot points, that kind of thing, because then, you know, people might just read the synopsis and be like, oh, okay, that's what happened. I'm going to skip to the next episode or just not listen to us entirely. And we need listeners, please. Um, it's just... Beg. I can't always remember when title suggestions come up and the adventures of Nix and Globert was comedy gold but if i'm not mistaken that episode <laughs> was not exactly comedic <laughs> that episode you know. was me being pissed at everyone i think yeah that was the episode have... that i slammed cax and cax and key's heads together <laughs> and then healed key at the same time wait <laughs> you slammed oh that's right you did <laughs> i was pissed off at at key for not was getting in the fucking hole. For the guys, I was waiting on you guys to get in the hole. I, I stay out. I bet it can take now you I'm guys get in the hole. Then I'll go in. Now Cax is pissed again. God, this sounds like a really weird, fucked up porno. Get in the hole. Cax went in the <laughs> hole. I was waiting for someone to say it, John. Rim got in the hole. You should have barely the fit hole. in the hole. You should have gotten the hole. I could misty step my way out of most things. And yet you don't. Because <laughs> I'm the tank. I gotta stay up there. How many times have you fallen compared to the rest of us? Yeah. Enough to make it fun. And yet you still haven't misty stepped out of the way of danger. Well, no. No, you guys, go over there. Go through the fucking magical gate with the magical lock. I'll stand here and get fucking date raped by a metal dragon. I, I did not expect... <laughs> 49 points of damage. <laughs> you were fixing a dragon. dragon! Not expect 49 points of damage. <laughs> Dude, Cax got lit on fire and ran. I figured I could take one shot. I figured, like, I was like, yeah, you, you did. You, you, you took, like, you 20. You took one shot straight you, to the face. <laughs> yeah, you took, like, 29 damage, and I'm like, I could eat that. I'd have to run away after, but I could eat that. And then uh, I was, like, I died. It was a goddamn dragon! That's the first time bit. I've ever fought a dragon in D and D. So, <laughs> wait until we piss off Moldras enough. <laughs> hey, I like Moldras. Moldras is fun. I like I Moldras. I like Rex. That bugbear we met in the forest going up to Mount Hotenau. Those guys are great. I don't like uh, Cax. Doesn't like Moldras at all. He tried oh. to. He tried to fool Cax. He made the... Cax his shit list. For the the final unfortunate thing is, is that, that Cax recognizes that, All right, that Nick so and the... Grim kind of enjoy Moldras, or kind of like Moldras, so he can't kill them, or can't kill Moldras yet. The only person in this party that likes Moldras is Key. Yeah. Pretty much. For the final yeah, Cax... attack on Lolf, I'm just gonna, like, get an Avengers team of all the people that, like, I like that are just stupid quirks. You know, have Rex and Moldras and that one <laughs> bugbear will just get by a team together. <laughs> The idea of Rex just coming in ready to stomp some spiders because he doesn't he's understand, but it's a really big spider. Like, he's got a stomping boots on. Yeah, and the, he's what, like, that drunk dude oh. that from Mirabar? Yep, we'll, we'll bring him in too. What was his he name? He has a name. You Edwin. Edwin, that's what it was. I remembered. Yeah, in the first round. 
Yeah, we'll get. Uh, no, they're 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 my no. A team. That somehow it's gonna end. Like Edwin's gonna throw a loaf of bread at Loth, and it's gonna distract her, and Rex just stomps her head. <laughs> and that's gonna be the end of the campaign. We did it, boys. If that's how it goes down, Nix is probably gonna throw himself off of one of the fucking floating rocks in the in the abyssal plane. Just nope, alright, I'm done. Gone. Don't worry, we'll get a fucking who is the the guy we got on the ocean plane? Uh Martel. Uh he, he we'll just use him as like a human shield. God, at the end, sense. even you didn't like Martel. Yeah, you're no, like, that's why he's my human shield. Fucking clerk. <laughs> Honestly, guys, the way you're putting this together, I can imagine like us just amassing this army of useless NPCs, and like we we go into the turn order, and within the first round, they're all dead. We're surrounded <laughs> by the bodies of every NPC we've come across in this game. Just Martel split in half. Rex. Chewed to shit by spiders. Zeke is speaking under common, trying to seduce Loth. That's I, I the plan. Know. What he ask? <laughs> and just like we have this mound of bodies in front of us, and we're just gonna sit there sipping my ties. And just to fuck everybody up, Thrym raises them all from the dead. <laughs> no, no, no. We have to get an undead Clancy. We have, we have to get Clancy this entire, undead. This entire just time stitched together necromancy. He hates necromancy because he doesn't want to be shown up. Kill all the necromancers so that I can be the best in the world. I want to be the very best. No one ever was. Bow, bow, bow. Okay. So Spot that's the youngling. <laughs> yes, I'm not the only person that's going to get caught singing on this podcast. Just for that, I'm going to cut it out. It's not my fault Xander started a banger of a song. I did watch all of Indigo League on Netflix. Jesus Christ, I'm sorry. It's funny as hell. That one episode where James just pulls out a fucking assault rifle. Like, You're the only person here that knows what you're talking about yeah. now, by the so, way. <laughs> so, James, by the way, from Team Rocket, is a fucking genius. He builds, like, large mechanical you know, monstrosities within four hours with no material to start with. And he builds this massive, like, Godzilla Kangaskhan, and uh, he's in the mouth, and he just pulls out an assault rifle and starts shooting at Ash. Just say to forget the Pokeballs, I pull out the chopper. <laughs> I actually know what he's talking about. I've seen all of it. It's so good. No idea. But however, this does mean that I'm... James is an artificer. I'm going to yeah. omit that from my memory, Robin, because I, I respect you. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, so if you look behind Robin on the wall, you see the Pokeball picture. I assume that was a Pepsi logo because I respect Robin. <laughs> no, sorry, bud. You're talking to a man who grew up with Pokemon. I we used never... to go on in my life have anything pokemon period ever in my life not once it's actually a nice collection 
However, I have six of those. Yeah, I th I'm pretty sure that's the original 150 in its entirety. Yeah, I don't have the entirety of the original 150, but I'm damn close. <laughs> hey, look, it's James inside of a giant fucking metal robot with an assault rifle of some sort. Yep. That's yeah. fucking amazing. He literally says, fuck it, pulls out a weapon. What a legend. I collected I actually, baseball cards. <laughs> I think I actually have some basketball cards that were, um, like, yeah. I've got some basketball cards that weren't mine ever. Give me some names. I can tell you if they're worth money. Um, Kevin Garnett. Garnett. Uh, Timberwolves. What yeah. What year? What What jersey is he wearing? I don't fucking know. Is, is it green or blue? Or black? Uh, how about Detlef Shrimp? I think he just had a seizure. Gary yeah. Grant, Marcus Liberty, uh, Jeff Carrie... Malone. Malone might be worse. Uh, nope, wrong Malone. Yeah, not Sylvester. That's Stallone. Um, no, Carl Malone, the mailman. Mark McCann, or Mark McCann. Tony Smith. Why am I going through my my basketball cards right now? This is stupid. Dude, I don't know. This has nothing to do with the campaign. I know. Not, neither did half the things we talk about, but... I don't know what you're talking about. Everything else has been on point. Hey, somehow I managed to... I offered to look through some random girlfriend of one of my buddies. Her brother's baseball cards. So I got a tote of baseball cards with an autographed Ken Griffey baseball in it. Ken Griffey or Ken Griffey Jr.? Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, yeah. They're both good, but... Yeah, and then they broke up, and I, like, messaged her because we were friends on Facebook, and she was like, you can keep them, and then blocked me. I was like, okay. <laughs> like, I already told you this baseball is worth a bit of money. <laughs> Sick, dude. Yeah, there's a Bo Jackson rookie card in there. Damn. I've got a David Ortiz signature somewhere. Nice. Barry Bonds was the one I hated the most. Fuck Barry Bonds. Dude doesn't deserve to be in the hall. I am very excited for him to lose out because this is his last year of eligibility. Well, I had a Barry Bonds card that was supposed to be worth like a ridiculous amount of money and then that whole thing came out and it's worth like 75 cents and a mark mcguire rookie card same thing dude i had a like it's like i had is... like 200 cards from 78 79 81 and 82 all mint condition just a smorgasbord of players and uh bill buckner i had like freaking seven bill buckner cards who's statistically one of the best red Sox ever but he's known as that guy that let the ball through his legs in the World Series. So his card was worth 35 cents. And I'm like, you fucking bastard. You fucking bastard. I do have a I few Nolan Ryan cards. I had some Nolan Ryan, some Roger Clemens. Again, Roger Clemens, another one worth nothing now. It's fucking stupid. Sold all my cards to my uh, shift lead because he's a really big card collector. And I pulled out like eight cards, which those eight cards alone were worth 85 bucks. But everything else was just 
cents. So I just sold my whole collection of them for 130 because I had some other expensive cards. The one I am excited about, I have an Adrian Peterson rookie card. Oh, nice. One of five for did that. It come, did it come with a switch or no? <laughs> no, I'm unfortunately. Sitting, I'm sitting on like five Magic the Gathering cards. Like talking about cards worth money. Holy five shit. Magic the Gathering cards that are worth like over a hundred bucks a piece. Just sitting on them. Speaking of Magic like, the Gathering. Literally, that's going to crease the hell out of them. No, I've got a really padded seat. Ah. Uh, yeah. Dude, I was watching YouTube and I get this like three minute ad. Naturally, after 15 seconds, I can skip it. But it's like a really interesting story. It's like vampires get ready for a wedding. It's all really well animated. And I watched the full three minutes. And I'm like, okay, okay. Plot twist. They're sacrificing themselves. Okay, this is hype. It's a Magic the Gathering ad. Mm-hmm. Fuck this. Innistrad, I think. I think it's the newest Innistrad set. Probably, yeah. Innistrad has all, uh, all everything to do with vampires and shit like that. But back to D and D. Yeah, it's quite indubitably. Indubitably. So I don't know about you guys, but I've been using weighted dice. No, oh, dude, <laughs> the entire like. Dude, I, the way we I, roll when it's important, none of us are using weighted dice. How do you think that I get all these natural sevens? <laughs> weighted dice, baby. but mediocre. <laughs> it ain't luck, baby. <laughs> That would be that'd be a good prank dice to give your friends. You know, weighted dice, but they're, but they're just average dice so that they yeah, can't so they, tell that they'll they never always, roll a nat twenty. They always roll decently. They don't roll amazingly, and they don't roll like shit. They roll pretty okay. Yeah, I, I, I have fuck a, with those dice. I have a d twenty that's all ones and one twenty. Ah. So it's just yeah. That's that's my favorite dice. That's the fuck me die. <laughs> Dude, there, there was a... So, it was a really cool-looking D20. And I, like... It was an ad on Facebook, so I clicked it. And then I, like, read about it. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And there was, like, a whole dice set with it and whatnot. And then I started reading, like, the reviews. And it only rolled one through three on the, on the D20. They were weighted to roll horribly. <laughs> Oh, no. oh God! So, uh, like the guy that was like making them, like the ad was for him. You just saw him post on every single comment. They're like, these things never roll, but it's just like, ha 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I uh, so I looked into it because I was interested. Um, bone dice are a thing. Yeah like actual d20s and full dice sets made out of bone yep i really fucking want to get one but yeah but like what animal fucking expensive are they like human cadaver or are they a specific animal or um at 300 dollars, i'd hope that it's not even a fucking human cadaver they cut off someone's arm and extracted the bones like it was like straight up three hundred dollars, not for yeah, a they're... set, but for a singular D twenty. Yeah, they're was stupid. Three hundred dollars, and I was Damn. like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Just make your own. 
Seriously, we've already fucked up John's funny bone. Let's just use his arm. Hey, that's back to normal now, see? Yeah, we'll do it again. However, there are plenty of dead deer lying around. Yeah, what the you fuck are you driving. talking about? Deer that get hit by cars? And left on the side of the road? They're everywhere. I mean, you'd have to go to West Virginia to grab one, but... John rolled the natural 20 on his nature check while hunting. He took out an entire herd. And they just, like, you know, left the bodies on the highways. Dude, I forget what it is. There's a highway in, like, West Virginia that it's literally the side of the road. They clear it off, like, every every other week. But, like, it's just littered with dead deer. That's kind of sad, actually. That is a little sad, but that's that's kind of great, too. I just... I just uh, found a set of uh, set of d20s that ones say fuck me and twenties say fuck you. I like that, dude. <laughs> I like that a lot, actually. Yeah, I think I just found Robin's Christmas present. Dude, those are awesome. We I just rolled a nap. Fuck you. <laughs> and then here's one that says fuck and yeet. Yep, I was gonna say there's there's ones that the. The 20 is yeet and the one is fuck. I almost bought a set of those. I think I think that's gonna be uh Ethan's Christmas present. Yeah. No, I, I need a dice tray to stop rolling shit off my table. Yeah, you do need a oh, fucking dude, dice tray. You're you're gonna be getting one when we have that live game. I have a bunch of like the dice trays you snap together, you're getting one of the ones I have. This this Ta-da. thing here, fantastic. Wood like felt bottom so you can roll metal dice in it and it doesn't make a lot of noise fantastic yo uh on a side note are we actually gonna do like a secret santa thing or something i don't believe so we're never gonna meet matt in person so yeah ever really but yeah dude like sorry black, i can't get vaccinated leather and felt you know this bitch cost me what like 10 maybe 15 dollars at the comic store dude Snaps i bought together flattens out <laughs> A pack of six for like twenty bucks. Yeah, I bought see, mine they're for not like expensive. 35. I have like a good, you know, like foot and a half by eight inches, and I look at it and I'm like, no way the dice falls off, and it it happens every time you roll dice. It's not even once a session. It's every time you roll a die, it goes off the table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like. I'm I love like, how you I'm rolled, gonna... and then we're just like, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to break into your apartment in order to affix a tray area on your desk. Like, I'm just going to nail a few two-by-fours to your desk and call it good. Thanks. Real no problem. It. You're just going to hear a fucking hammer going in the middle of the night, and I'm going to be like, dude, I'm fixing your shit. I may have just dropped a set of dice on the ground. Yeah, see? <laughs> on a side note, I rolled a 20. <laughs> hey, look at you go. Too bad no, it wasn't an attack roll. From now on, just roll your dice on the floor. Yeah, bend <laughs> over and roll your dice on the floor. Cut out the middle, man, of falling. Don't, don't even bend over, just throw it over your shoulder. <laughs> yeah. God, he's got his window right behind him. Can you imagine if he had like stone or metal dice? He threw it over his shoulder and just put a hole through his fucking window. Dude, I swear, half the time, like, I, I swear I could hear someone tapping, so sometimes you'll see me just turn around, like, what? You got ghosts, man. 
Spoopy. Robin, is that a real tree or a fake tree? That's a real tree. Cut it today. I'd get a real tree, but I feel my cat would just get sap everywhere. Well, right now, um, we've got two cats in this household, and as soon as the tree was brought in, they immediately got curious and started sniffing at it. And uh, it has been sniffed at one other time since then, and they have otherwise lost interest. See, I, I have that's going to change when we put lights and ornaments on it, but... My yeah, past cats would, like, drink the sap water at the bottom of the tree. Oh, they can't access it. I cut the branches so close to the base, um, they can't get at the water. Like, the lowest branches on this thing actually touch the base, the mouth of the of the tree stand, so... And it's, it's a, a spruce, so it's all kinds of... You use a tree stand? No, I just let the sap leak out and have it naturally glue itself to my hardwood floors. Like a band. Yes, I use a fucking tree stand. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, you know. Stand. <clears throat> yeah, you, you're supposed to cut it in such a way and then spin the tree so it always stays upright using centrifugal force. Oh, yeah. I'll just put this thing on a lazy Susan and have it rotate in place. It's no, you don't WD need a lazy Susan. You need, to, you need to just spin it hard enough. Be a man. But yeah, you just oh, spray yeah, some WD-40 just... on the floor and then, whoosh, like Ninjago, you know, you just spin it. Take a take a hole saw and drill a hole into your wood floor and just put the tree in the hole. I have a feeling my landlords would appreciate me not doing that, along with the little old lady that lives below me. <laughs> she's just going to get free sap. What's, what's the yeah, problem? Yeah, she's going to be see... sitting there trying to watch her... She's just going to be sitting there trying to watch her stories in the middle of the day and feel this weird drip on her head as, like, her fucking Q-tip hair gets filled with tree sap. That sounds like a her problem, not a you problem. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, Ethan, that is a real tree behind me. It will be decorated in a couple of days when, uh, when everybody is home and we have time to do so. <clears throat> I'm not putting a tree up this year. I don't see a point. Do it. I'm not going to. I've already decided. No, no. This is what's going to happen. When you come over for the live show, I will present you with a small tree that you will put in your office. You're going to Charlie Brown his ass? I'm going to Charlie Brown his ass. And then I'm going to give him a tree. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't put a tree up in years. Give one to John. I have a tree. I'm just not putting it up. You have a plastic tree? I do, because I that's... can't be bothered to get a live tree. That's Same. Sad. Same. Also, okay, I can't first... fit one in my apartment. First of all, I fucking, like, clean my apartment every single Saturday. With the exception of this box. This box stays here forever. You have an apartment? <clears throat> yeah. I honestly, I don't know why I thought you lived with your parents. He does. I have an in-law suite that's like a converted oh. apartment. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it's my apartment. Um, I clean it fucking every Saturday. Do you know how goddamn many needles will fall off of a tree from now until Christmas? He's yes. about to. Or... I would have to vacuum. No, this like is not my first live tree. Two or three times a week. This is not it's my first live presentable, tree. So when I bring no well, one home ever, 
Well, a tip for a live tree, put a little salt in the water and it'll keep it alive for longer. Yeah, I'll totally put salt in the <laughs> fucking water. Asshole. <laughs> well, I'm at it. Why don't I just add some bleach? That'll keep it clean. Clean out the insides? It seems like mm -hmm. a great idea. Yeah, and then you put a little kerosene on the uh, on the branches. Make them shiny. See, right. I was just thinking of spraying the whole thing down with resin. Taking All right. a live tree and turning it into a plastic tree. Well, if you're going to spray it down with resin... <laughs> invite me over before you light it. Not that kind of resin, you <laughs> dumbass. <laughs> That way I can just sit <laughs> on your couch and be paranoid for hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you know what, actually? Okay, so my train of thought is fucking weird. Alright? My train of thought is fucking weird. It started with the tree, spraying it in resin, and then thinking that a lot of dice are made out of resin. So what if I took pine needles from the tree and got molds and made my own dice with pine needles in it and they kind of look kind of neat and then i was thinking what if i only put one pine needle had one of them point to the 20 and had one of them point to the one and be kind of neat on the interior which got me thinking what if you had a d20 clear resin the 20 is marked and the one is marked but all of the other sides are blank so that every time you roll it if it doesn't roll a 20 or a one you just kind of decide what the number is so it's a 19. That's just called fucking writing. It's not, it's not role-playing. You're just writing verbally at that point. And? Isn't that what we're doing? I don't know. Yeah, but everything that we're doing is decided by chance. Me. All right. I didn't know. Guess what, listeners? Name. This entire episode has been scripted. I'm his pet. What? <laughs> <laughs> That does explain the collar. <laughs> I'm not in a collar. I'm in a bathrobe. Mm, call it whatever you want. You think the listeners will believe that? <laughs> Let's see. We started the episode mentioning it. We've mentioned it again. Yeah. They may they may believe that you are in a bathrobe. It'll be one of those paradoxes. Like, they'll never be able to know. Cool hoodie, by the way, Ethan. Now you gave it away, shit. Is that a... Is that a... A red teddy underneath that robe? Are you wearing lingerie? Of course I am. Tax is on call. Wait, a, wait, <laughs> wait, wait, hang on. Hang on. You guys are like six pages ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Line. Yeah. Uh, hold on. Nick says line. No, that that's that's two pages ago. Fuck. God damn it, guys. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Back to D and D. I, I, I want to, I want to get a prediction from each of you. What do you think is in the Evermores? Crocodilies. Rolls. Because there's definitely something there that Loth is using for as like a base of operations crocodilies so, i actually have a feeling it's a combination of all of this i definitely lean heavily towards trolls i would not be surprised if we run into giant crocodiles or regular crocodiles or cax's long lost family 
Um, but I do have reason to believe that there is hidden somewhere among those swamp areas some kind of entrance to a building army base for Loth. You think they just like Monty Python the castle, you know, built this built the castle, sank into the swamp, built the castle, sank into the swamp, built the castle, burned down, sank into the swamp, and the fourth one is what's there right now? It very well could be the city of Keen, yeah. <laughs> Dude, you know how much... <laughs> well, now you've doxed us all. Good job. <laughs> you fool, you've doxed us. Do you know how much fun Thrym is going to have in a swamp? None. Fighting aquatic creatures with thunder? Oh yeah, we're all fucked. I'm just waiting for Matt to start playing natural ones against us. Like you roll a natural one on a swing with your hammer with thunder's lightning activated... You landed in the swamp water. We all take five points of lightning damage. Oh, no. It's been clear since the ocean plane that I don't have to have Thunder's Lightning activated. Oh, yeah. Well, there's that. But we were surrounded with water. But he did that to kind of mitigate your advantage slash disadvantage. Like, you still get advantage against the aquatic creatures, but you are surrounded by yeah. water. I don't know. At some point, Nyx is going to have to swap out a spell for levitation so he doesn't have to deal with that shit anymore. Axe needs to become smarter. Well, he did just try to steal books from the library. No, like, like I, I want to do something, but Cax isn't smart enough to do it. I want to invent uh, underwater arrows. Like, that's a thing that exists in real life. Arrows that you fire from above the water into the water that keep a straight and true path because regular fletchings don't do that. I want to invent them. That way I can use my bow into the water. But Cax is dumber than shit. <laughs> so that'll never work. It'll never happen. Yeah. yeah. Speaking um, of, like, your inventions and stuff, what the hell is that side uh, quiver thing? It's literally just a 25 arrow quiver. That's oh. all it is. Instead oh, okay. of a 20 arrow quiver that goes on my back, it's a 25 arrow quiver that's on the side. Oh, okay. So, so you guys were describing it that he could shoot faster. I'm like, are you about to get three attacks a turn? No. That'd be busted as fuck. It would be. Um, Ethan, back to your question about the Evermores. Uh, if you remember in my commune with Varon, he mentioned that Loth is building a force but he can't pinpoint it. I have a feeling that force is somewhere under the Evermores because it would make the most sense. Put it somewhere that's dangerous that no one else is necessarily going to travel to. Try to, you know, build allies with the evil creatures that live in the Evermores. Why not set the, that up as a base of operations? It's underground, certainly, but I have a feeling it's somewhere beneath there, but the Evermores are so vast it's going to be a bitch finding it. All right, so you're calling the underwater swamp base. See, I'm not convinced Mithra <clears throat> Hall hasn't been taken over. Really? Because of its connections with the Underdark? The physical connections? The physical connections, and there was already a base. Like, when I was... When Thrym was reading through things, there was already a base around there to make sure, like, the dwarves had one and the drow had one. So there was already a base there to make sure 
one or the other didn't attack. Yeah. So just send a giant army to that base and then attack. Yeah, but isn't Mithril Hall one of the few places that's actually been able to consistently withstand raids and sieges? No, was. Yeah, Mirabar was. Alright, it's Mirabar, Luskin, and Neverwinter that have withstood sieges. Yeah, uh, Mithril Hall, they've kind of just yeah. haven't attacked. Mithril Hall's been kind of a uh, stalemate. Yeah, where Mi neither one has moved in on each other's territory. And where... I think. I, yeah, I don't remember fully. That's, that's basically what was said. And... If you overload one base and then attack... Yeah, they could have been overrun at this point. Although they might not have been because Mirabar had consistent trade with them. We might have heard of, or heard about that by now. Unless the drought took it over and are keeping it under wraps. Right. It's like it's under new management, but we're not letting anybody know it is. To be fair, if you're the dwarves living in Mithrahal and you're still getting shipments from Mirabar, and you have to send a dwarven shipment back, because if you send drow back, all of a sudden there's an issue. Uh, why wouldn't they just raise the alarm in Mirabar? Because what does Mirabar really care if they're still getting their trades? You know what I mean? Well, I think it's more of a... Well, no, what he's saying is, why wouldn't the tradesmen that traveled from Mithrahal to Mirabar, why aren't they raising the alarm? And I would assume it's because the drow are threatening their families. Yep, that's what I was going to say. If you say anything while you're on this trade, while you're on the trade route, if you say anything, we will kill your loved ones. Basically holding Mithril Hall hostage while maintaining yeah, the cover that it's okay. Well, how long have there been these scouting parties and whatnot on the surface? Two weeks? Uh, the ones that we are uh, going to investigate after we deal with Cax's problems. Probably like two, three weeks tops. Yeah. These aren't surely, surely there'd be one mad lad or something who's like, you know, damn them to hell. Besides, Mirabar has beef with the drow. Surely they'd go to hell. Mirabar kind of has beef with the drow. Um, in listening to old episodes, one of the problems with the, the sieges on Mirabar is that uh, infighting actually caused the drow to lose. Yeah, Mirabar put up a good defense, but the drow more so killed themselves during that process. Yeah, so in Mirabar, instead of running into uh, relying on an infighting miracle to save themselves, might want to strike first and attack Mithril Hall. If that's even necessary. We don't it, know what's going on it, in Mithril Hall. Hell, Edwin could still just be right and everything's a party over there. Everything's a party to Edwin 100% of the time anyway. <laughs> he gets true. drunk, eats eats magic bread, and passes out drunk. Hangs with strangers in the community bath. Dude's living his best life. And I think it's kind of fucked up that you took him away from that. I gave him a place to sleep, constant income, and he lives right across from the bar. He lives his life even better now. No, yeah, you just has to, you know, you've contaminated his life. Church. You've contaminated his life with the disease that is that is Varenism. Listen, 
big the Church band. of the Redeemed is going to be a very big part, man. It's going to be epic. It sounds like a great way to hemorrhage income. <laughs> oh, Thrym thinks Mithril Hall's overrun. Robin thinks there's an underground base in the Evermores. What about you? Dax. I I genuinely think there's nothing there. Um I think it's probably just a whole bunch of uh un uninhabitable swampland. I think that um, I think that the drow found their way to the surface through means that aren't a city. And that's why no one's heard of it or heard anything yet. I think the drow are perfectly capable of holding an entire city hostage if they wanted to. And I think Mithril Hall would be the ideal city to do that in. Um, regular shipments of metals and precious gems and things like that would prove very valuable to them. Um, especially in making better weaponry and better arms for their soldiers. But I think that that's unlikely too that they didn't that no alarm was raised in Mithril Hall. So, I don't think they're in the Evermores. Don't think they're in Mithril Hall. I think they found somewhere else. I think they've set up a strong base in the Evermores. There might be a, you know, large habitable place for them to, you know, truly set up a camp or they figured out a way to coexist with the monsters in there, either by recruiting or whatever it is. Here's I a question. Yeah. Silvery what? Moon. Yeah. So, it was brought up, I think, last last game that whoever is, like, governor or whatever running Silvery Moon is an elf that is, or, like, I think it was an elf that has lived way longer than they should. What are the chances that's a god of some sort? Um, Because I kind of got the feeling that was a god. Character-wise, Nyx is the only one that knows that right now. Yeah. Because he discovered that during his research. Lady Emeratus, uh, leader of Silvery Moon, has essentially been the leader of Silvery Moon since its conception, is feasibly well over a thousand years old, which exceeds the average elven life, even for an elderly elf. Um, the fact that she goes by Lady, much like Sahinian Moonbow, you know, the Lady of the Moon, all that crap. That's what I was thinking. It was one of my thoughts, my first thoughts as well, when Nyx discovered that information. That in there, there is a plausibility behind. Lady Emeratus being the humanoid manifestation of Sahinian Moonbow, you know, in disguise on the surface. Um, you know, building, working towards building her own forces against the Drow and Loth. Um, and has been doing so for a long time. So, whether it is actually Sahinian Moonbow on the surface, or if it is a a high-powered cleric or priestess who has been granted extended life by her. You know, it could just be her by extension. Um, either of those seem plausible. 
but we won't know until we get there. And none of you will know that until Nyx actually starts talking about it. And are the drow looking for Nyx and Thrym? Or are they looking for their the cube or another part of the I device? think they're looking I think they're looking for parts of the device at this yeah. point. I think they've yeah. gotten word that Varun has, you know, broken free of his imprisonment. And now Loth because Loth from the beginning what, like in session two or three, um, has been, you know, looking for parts of this. I mean, we had to deal with an orb in the first couple of sessions. And so we've, we've been dealing with this from the start. Loth has been trying to get these pieces from the start. Now Veyron's set free. Pretty good chance that now that she knows that he's set free, She's going to amp up whatever forces she can in finding the rest of the pieces. Yep. And that could have to do with Cax having gotten hold of the, the cube, being the last known being in possession of the cube. Because, you know, he stole it from some caravan. They know that he stole it. They don't know that he handed it off to Thrym. Which might have made him the target for the current problem we're dealing with. Or it could have been any of the other hundreds of caravans he's fucking dealt with. I don't know what your fucking history is regarding that. With that, it's getting really fucking late. You guys yeah. want to call it? That wouldn't be a bad idea. Besides, yeah, half of this is just... Call the close anyway. Yep. So that was... Listeners getting to know us and our thoughts on a campaign and random ass shit as well. Yeah. Thank you everyone for tuning in to the random ramblings of the players of the Matters of the Gods campaign. <laughs> and we'll uh we'll see y'all in the next campaign episode. Uh everyone have yourselves good nights and uh yeah. Praise be to Varen. Peace is out to thee. Nix, you have uh, anything you want to say? I just need to be alone right now. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. That's that's so good. Oh my god. That was the most in character shit we could have done. <laughs> Not so much for Thrym. <laughs> Pieces out to me. I don't know, man. Thrym said, Thrym said some like hip hop shit before. <laughs>